Welcome, sports fans, to the next great podcast surrounding the NFL. It's the latest catch. I'm Brent Labonte, the founder, and our partner with one of my great friends, Bryson Mercier. Today, we'll go over popular news, topics, headlines, and predictions for this upcoming week. Obviously, before we start, make sure to let other people know and continue to follow the process. Every listener matters. All right, before we hop into this episode, a uh, quick word from our sponsor. All right, can you hear me? Yeah, man, I'm sorry. I, I, didn't even realize, I didn't even realize I had my mic off until you just said, can you hear us? But I'm just looking at it saying recording, and I didn't hear anything. I was like, okay, maybe. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm here now. My bad. All right, sweet. So we are now welcoming Jordan McRae, a center from the Birmingham Stallions, to the latest Catch podcast. Now, if you're wondering what the Birmingham Stallions is, it is a USFL team. That is one of those new teams that are in the new league. So, Jordan, to start things off here, you know, what is the USFL season looking like? How is your team doing? I saw you guys are 2-0. Mm-hmm. Um, so how long is the season? What What's your schedule like on a weekly basis? Uh, so it's a 10-game regular season. And then um, it's eight teams. We're divided into the north and the south. And then there will be two playoff games, um, the two best teams in the north versus the two best teams in the south, and then the championship game afterwards. So if everything everything goes well, the Birmingham Stallions will have 12 games this season. And um, you know, we're, all, we're all in the central hub here in Birmingham, so we play all of our games in the same stadium. Um, the weekly schedules is are is, most people have games either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Uh, this week is just uh, Saturday and Sunday. It'll be two games each day. And then um, uh, practice, meetings, um, any kind of events that the team wants to hold for us during the week. And uh, usually a really, really busy Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, Thursday and Friday, we scale it back a little bit. And then Saturday, we get ready to play. Yeah, that's super cool that all you guys get to play in one stadium, I'm sure. Um, it's a lot easier, especially for you guys, to get some film and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I do want to ask you, you played in multiple leagues now, you know, the NFL, some arena football, the AAF, you were drafted in the XFL, mm-hmm. um, and now in the USFL in 2022. So what has been the biggest difference in all these leagues? I mean, is there something that stands out to you? Um, well, I'll say from an organization standpoint, the XFL and this league were were a lot more organized than – any of the other spring leagues that started up and um, uh, the NFL obviously being the one with the most money and, and most baggage is more, the most professional out of all of them. But these leagues have uh, that I've been playing in have been uh, very good. Uh, a lot of guys uh, dream is to get back to playing in the NFL and this provides them with film and going against pretty good talent also to uh, be evaluated from and hopefully make that jump as well so you mentioned players coming back into the nfl are there any players that you believe are on your team that you know have a chance of you know rejoining the nfl or are turning heads early in the season um i I mean it's for me it's like too hard to single out just one but a lot of the guys on our offensive line have been in the nfl before uh younger players and they're trying just trying to get back um, the first one that comes to my head is Cameron Hunt, my, uh, my right guard. 
really, really good player, technically sound, smart, everything. And we have a lot of guys. I mean, I singled him out, but that's that's who I'm just familiar with playing with the most. It's it's a lot of guys on our team with a lot of lot of talent, and given the right opportunity, could make plays on Sunday and uh, and be be serviceable for a team there as well. So it's 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 a lot of guys, and not just our team, but just around the entire league. Most of these guys have been in NFL camps, been on teams before, so just uh, didn't stick for whatever reason. So just using this platform to try and get back and realize their potential. Now, before you got to the point where you are at right now, you had um, you had gone to a high school in Florida, and mm-hmm. then you attended UCF from 2010 to 2013. So while playing for UCF, what was the best moment or game in particular that, that you had during uh, your college career? I would probably say uh, my senior year we played against uh, Louisville. That's when they had Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Uh, Charlie Strong was the head coach. They were undefeated, ranked number six in the nation or something like that. And uh, they had a lot of really, really good players. And we went to Louisville Stadium. Uh, We were down 28 to seven and managed to come back and win that game 38 to 35. And just that entire sequence, um, that's when we realized we could be a really good team. And uh, that kind of catapulted our season to being one of the best in UCF history. Finished 12 and one top 10 team all that good stuff. So I'll probably say that game is uh, one of the biggest highlights of my college career. So you also got to play with your brothers, Justin and Cliff Mm -hmm. uh, with UCF. So what was it like, you know, not only just growing up with your brothers, but then playing with them on the same uh, collegiate team? Um, I was, man, it was a dream come true, really. For my older brother, of course, uh, being able to play college football with him because he is five and a half years older than us. So it was a special situation that we were even given the opportunity to play with him. But uh, with my twin brother, Justin, we uh, we kind of figured that we were going to go to college to play together and play for as long together as we possibly could. So uh, being able to have both of them on, on the team at the same exact time, play the same position, uh, learn from them and and just be able to have somebody that you can always compete with in a healthy competition was a really special for our family in total and then for our development as football players as well. So you did attend UCF, but you also got recruited by bigger by big schools like USF, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Miami, and many others. The list goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so what led to your decision to you know attend UCF? I know this is a, not a long time ago, but earlier in your career. But yeah, you know, what was the reason for attending UCF? Uh, UCF really just showed the most love to me and my brother, um, and and the the possibility of being able to play with uh my older brother was uh really what led us down the road to eventually choosing UCF it was a school that's close but not too close so three hours away we could still get the real college experience but if we ever needed to go home for anything it's just a three-hour drive and uh the campus the coaching um I'm still really good friends with a couple of my coaches that I played with uh played for while I was there so just felt like a, a good move for our family and then um, for my parents, it was a no-brainer. Like, all three of their kids are at one place. They can come to every game. So it was um, it was pretty much a no-brainer, to be honest. You mentioned that 2013 UCF team that you got to play on, which went 12-1, and one of the best records during your guys' program's history. And you got to play with a lot of great players as well. So if you had to pick, who were some of the best players you got to play with alongside in your collegiate career? 
Um, mm, I'll give a top. That's, that's hard. I'll give a top five. One has to be Blake. Um, he did so much for UCF. Um, great quarterback at the most important position uh, in football. So uh, Blake, um, uh, Latavius Murray was a, a running back there, and he st still was with the Ravens this past season. Um, um, biasly, I'll say Justin. Um, hmm, Josh Robinson and A.J. Bouye will probably probably round out the the top five. And then um, Terrence Plummer, a linebacker, and then Shaquem and Shaquille Griffin were also there my senior year. So um, they that's more than five, but it's, it's, it's been, it was a lot. So I'll, I'll say those guys are the first one that came to my head. So you attended Southridge High School, which we mentioned you went in Florida. Um, but we saw a stat online. Now, I hope this is correct. 67 pancake blocks in your senior season. So with that, like, and you had a wrestling background we also saw. So is there any correlation between having a wrestling background and, you know, making big pancake-type blocks and, you know, getting to be a better offensive lineman? Um, I was just wondering if wrestling makes you a better offensive lineman. Yeah, I definitely think wrestling played a huge part in uh, my development as an offensive lineman. Um, I don't know if you know, but in, in, in South Florida and Miami, there's a weight limit to uh, to play football. So I didn't play football until my, my high school years. And um, so I played soccer and wrestled um, from fifth grade on until high school. So that was really my introduction into, I guess, uh, organized sports. And both of those sports um, helped me with my feet, helped me with my balance, uh, body control, and all that kind of stuff. So it really did pave a way for me to be become a, a good offensive lineman. So while at Southridge High School, um, if you just had to pick one and narrow it down, what would be your favorite high school moment while playing football? Probably my, my favorite and also my least favorite in the same token. Uh, when I was in 10th grade, we had something. Uh, we had a three-way tie to go to the playoffs. And uh, we played a quarter against one team and a quarter against another team. We won the first game. And then uh, the second game we won, we threw a fade with no time left on the clock. Um, caught the ball. All we had to do was kick kick the extra point to go into overtime, and we missed it. But just that whole drive and the sequence of the game and how exciting it was was uh, was probably my favorite part. But then we missed the kick, so we didn't go to the playoffs. So my least favorite. So we mentioned you were in the NFL. Um, you played for the Packers, Vikings, Panthers, and Bears. You were on their practice squads. So you went through the draft process. Unfortunately, you were an undrafted uh, player coming out of the draft, but you did have some experience with the draft process. So I was wondering, you know, is there any, you know, memorable moments from your draft process or was there anything unique or, you know, memorable about your draft process that, you know, carries along with you throughout your career so far? Um, I think what made it kind of special, I mean, I wish I would have gotten drafted, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to be a good player or can't make it in the NFL. But um, probably just being around my family that entire time. So even when I was getting frustrated, seeing guys getting picked um, and and all of that good stuff, being around my family is probably the best part. But um, 
during the draft, I did have like constant communication with Green Bay. So I figured that would probably be the landing spot if I didn't get picked by them. So um, that part was just exciting. Like just, I guess, even if you weren't picked, like realizing that a dream was coming true for you. Cause that's something that even though I, w- I didn't play football until I was 14 years old, but ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to make it to the NFL. So just being able close and realizing that dream was a, was a really special moment. So we mentioned you were on the Packers team in 2014, and me and my buddy here are big fans. So I do want to ask you, what was it like playing with guys like future Hall of Famer Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews, maybe a future Packers Hall of Famer, and then even Mike Daniels, who was great during that time. You got to go against those guys every day. And then you also got to work with great offensive linemen like TJ Lane, Josh Sitton, so on and so forth. So what was it like playing on that 2014 Packers team? Um, man, it was, it was a lot of fun, man. Um, I never, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect going into the, into the NFL, but being a part of that organization, how well it was run, how how much they took care of the players, even though I was essentially at the bottom of the barrel because I was an undrafted free agent. Um, and just how everybody, I, I assumed like, you know, like watching on TV shows and stuff like that. When uh when a guy comes in that's potentially trying to take your position that people wouldn't look out for you, they wouldn't try to help you, they wouldn't try to help you develop into being a great player. And that just wasn't the case when I was in Green Bay. Um, guys like Josh and TJ Lang, I came in with Corey Lindsley and uh, Lane Taylor. Like all those guys really were trying to help me be the best player that I could be, even if that meant that like we were, we were all fighting for the same position. You know what I mean? So it was like, um, it was a really good experience. I, I, I enjoyed my time a lot in Green Bay. So in your time in Green Bay, I mean, were you able to give any snaps to Aaron Rodgers? I mean, that must have been a surreal moment if you were able to. Uh, you know what? That would have been, would have been. But uh, I didn't start playing center until 2018. So I was just, I was strictly a guard. Uh, was in the huddle with Aaron a couple of times, you know, just like in practice and all that kind of stuff. So it was like super special, like surreal to seeing guys that you looked up to your entire life. And now you're sharing the same team, the same Jersey, the same field and stuff like that. So um, it was a really good experience. So you said you didn't play center until 2018. Were you just kind of a, did you kind of be able to play every kind of position on the offensive line? Uh, I try to market myself like that now, because the more you can do on the offensive line, the easier it is for a team to pick you up. The more you can do, the easier it is for you to stay in the league. And when I came into the league, um, I was just a guard and didn't think that I would have to like learn any other position or anything like that. But um, as time went on, I realized like to market myself better, it is better to be known. If you're not like a, a incumbent starter or something like that, to be able to play more than one position is, is how you're going to stick in the league. All right, that's going to wrap things up here, Jordan. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, good luck this season with the Brigham Stallions. Um, we will be watching uh, with the new USFL. And, you know, anybody that doesn't know about the USFL, go watch Brigham. I mean, that's the team you got to be fans of now. I know we are. So thank you so much for coming on. means a lot. Hope to do this again sometime later. All righty, guys. So if you're tuning in today, this is a huge episode for us, obviously. One of the best times of the year the NFL Draft is going on. Last night was the round one picks, and today is round two and three. The latest catch is going to bring to you guys our version of the Draft Spectacular. 
We're going to go through every single pick here in the second and third round. And not only that, me and Bryson are going to break down each team's pick, talk about last night's crazy, crazy outcomes, and so on and so forth. So, you know, hang with us here. It'll be a little longer episode, but if you want to hear us talk about your team, talk about their picks, you're at the right place. We also got some interviews. Hometown kid, Jason Whitens, one of our favorites here in Powers, Michigan. Uh, Michigan State basketball player will be on in here in a little bit. And USFL Stallions center, Jordan McRae, is coming on. He is also a former Green Bay Packer. So, big show in store. Hopefully you guys can bear with us here and listen to as much as you guys want to. I know this could be a little long, but um, huge day surrounding the NFL here. For sure, day two of the NFL draft. Now, you guys are probably wondering what national day it is today. Other than being draft day, national dance day. Us North Central students, we got a prom tomorrow. So we're in the spirit of dancing, but that is not what today's all about. Today is about what franchises are pro- producing some good draft picks for their future. So, like I said, we got some interviews for you guys in between rounds one and two, or two and three. We will have an interview with Jordan McRae. And yeah, this is going to be a nice long episode, so hang in there with us, and let's have a good day. Yeah, um, as we look at yesterday first here before the Buccaneers officially go on the clock, we are going to take you through every single trade that had uh, went down. And let me tell you, it was busy in the war rooms. I did not expect that much chaos. We went into you know, our first mock draft here at the Latest Catch, uh, brought to you by Bryson and Uncle Josh. We did not have any trades in there, so a lot of our picks were off, and it was not very accurate. All right, so now we are going to turn things over. Open the draft, Vegas style. How about it? Great job. Welcome back to Las Vegas to night two of the 2022 NFL Draft. We all know the next two days are some of the most important for all our clubs. And last night... In front of a television audience of over 30 million people and a live audience of over 150,000 fans, we welcome 32 new players in the NFL. Way to go, Vegas. So tonight, as you can see behind me, joining me are NFL players and celebrities who will help us select the next group of players to join the NFL family. So Vegas, let me hear you. Are you ready? All right. All right, let's kick off round two. By way of trade, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock. Okay, so Tampa Bay officially on the clock here. Um, Seven-minute draft periods for every team. Tampa Bay receives this pick. In a trade with Jacksonville, um, they traded the 27th overall pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a second-round pick, which is the one they are using now, a fourth-round pick, and a sixth-round pick. So Tampa Bay trading their first-rounder for this pick and a couple others. So they are on the clock now. Brenty, what some predictions here for this pick? So I look at Tampa Bay, you know, they really don't have any extreme need. I mean, they are a very solid team. Um, but if I'm going to look at best available, I'm going to go with the Kobe Dean. And you look at this, you know, the prospects that do remain. You know, you see a lot of defensive players still. You see a couple quarterbacks that may fall very quickly. 
obviously, I do not think Tampa Bay is going the quarterback direction here in the second round. Maybe when you get to that third round, they might try to find their QB for the future, especially with Tom Brady at 45. But I don't know about you, Bryson. I'm thinking d- defense here no matter what. Um, Kobe Dean would be a very good fit. Now, Brees Hall, the running back of Iowa State, uh, he had the best PFF grade for college, and I think it was like a 99. So that is pretty insane. He has great speed, burst acceleration, can hit the hole very hard. I think that would be a good pick. I just do not see the first pick in the second round being a running back. Yeah, I agree there. It'll be uh, We will be waiting to see who they pick here. I'm looking at a guy like Arnold Ketty. I don't know how to say his last name, but this dude at Penn State, defensive end, they might need a pass rusher next year. Now, N'Kobe Dean, probably the best available right now, but probably not their biggest issue. They have two stud middle linebackers, so they don't need another one. Now, you could put N'Kobe Dean on the outside of a 4-3, I did see, so he could be an outside pass rusher as well. But I'm looking at a Penn State defensive end, Arnold Abetke, and maybe even David Ojabo, but he is hurt, so I would not expect him to go that direction. But with some of these picks that they're going to have tonight, don't be surprised if a quarterback gets taken by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and right now, BT, I don't know who you would select, but I'm even thinking a guy like Desmond Ritter. I feel like he may go here second from the quarterbacks, especially because he's he probably is more NFL-ready than Malik Willis. Now, I am extremely high on Malik Willis. I think he is the best quarterback in this draft class. It's just the inexperience and the uncertainty that is holding him back from getting drafted in the first round. Matt Crowell's another guy. Tom Brady is 45 years old and probably is looking to retire next year. And they have Kyle Trask, who they drafted in the third round last year out of Florida. This could be another quarterback this year where maybe Kyle Trask isn't as ready as we thought. Maybe he was just a pick last year. But right now, Tampa Bay, they have um, not too many needs, like I said. But Bryson, you kind of hit it on the spot. Another linebacker that I would look out for here is Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin. The pick is officially in. And before I turn over to Mr. Goodell... I am going to say another guy, um, Boye Mafe, defensive end out of Minnesota. Here we go. And with the 33rd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Logan Hall, defensive end, Houston. Wow. So Logan Hall out of Houston gets drafted here with this pick. I mean, this is kind of a different pick for... I was not expecting that. So entering day two, I ended up making a top 200 board for my prospects. And Logan Hall, as of today, enters as my 28th best player. Now, he can play defensive end as well. So he has some versatility there. Um, He ended up having 30 quarterback pressures, which is fourth among the AAC but that's not in the NCAA. This is kind of a surprising pick. You look at Tampa Bay, they have Vita Vea in the middle. Now, I do, I'm not saying this is a bad selection because you can always have multiple um, defensive tackles. in the. Oh, wait, wait up here. The Green Bay Packers have traded up. I'm telling you, George Pickens, George Pickens right here with the second pick in the second round. Bryson, what do you think? I- I'm sorry, Tampa Bay fans. We have to talk about this right now. Whoa, so Minnesota trading with an in-con... In-division opponent again, Green Bay receives the 34th overall pick. Minnesota receives the 53rd overall pick and the 59th overall pick. I believe those are 
both second rounders. So this is very interesting. The pick is already in. They must have already known who they wanted to pick. Goody, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Let's go. All right, so me and Bryson are pumped here. We're going to go back to the Buccaneers selection here, though, with Logan Hall. As we're getting pumped, it's either George Pickens uh, we're talking Christian Watson of North Dakota State. How about Sky Moore from West Virginia? There's a couple of receivers that they can take here. If they do not go receiver, Bryce, and this may be, I don't know, it, it, this could shock us here if they do not go receiver. But it has to be receiver. All right, we're going to hop to the Buccaneers like we said. Um, Logan Hall, Bryce, what do you got on Logan Hall right now? So his 40 time, not very dazzling. 4.88. 68 next-gen stats average. Prospect grade 6.29 says he will eventually be a starter. I don't know. This is this website is not very high on Logan Hall. I believe that his vertical jump was 30 only, and his set three cone drill was 7.29. So this is a very interesting pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But he does play light on his feet, is kind of a pass rusher, and he has elite hand usage on his side. So. He can develop into a de- good defensive tackle, and he has a bully mentality. He just bull rushes. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what this guy you know, has in store for Tampa Bay. Now, I do not believe that he will be a first-year starter for Tampa Bay, but who knows, Vita Vea, they're going to have to pay him at some point, and maybe they just want someone to fill in for him. Yeah, you mentioned there he might not be a starter unless they run a 4-3. You know, if they run those two defensive tackle sets, and here's the pick here from Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. University of Texas, El Paso, Aaron Jones. The Minnesota Vikings have traded the 34th pick to the Green Bay Packers. With the 34th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Christian Watson, wide receiver... You guys heard it there. Christian Watson, North Dakota State. This guy has an elite second gear. And I talked about Marquez Valdez-Scantling in the past episodes that we lost him. We lost him uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. This guy reminds me of him. He's a 6'4", 208-pound receiver. He looks kind of slim for his size, but I'm telling you, he ran a 4-2-9-40. His athleticism's off the charts. His overall you know, is very, very good as a receiver. He has great route running. And up over the top, his second move, you know, a vertical threat. And you, Aaron Rodgers giving this guy the football. That will be money. I mean, you see Marcos Valdez-Scantling went healthy. This is the same exact production. I think, um, hopefully, it's going to be more. You can get him involved in jet sweeps, so on and so forth. And for a team that runs the football for North Dakota State, it's a run-heavy FCS league. He had over 800 yards receiving on only 43 catches. So that is production right there. This is a great pick. 99 athleticism score out of next-gen stats. He is the leader in the NFL Draft Combine invites. Now, wow, this is a huge pick for the Packers. People were thinking that they were going to go wide receiver yesterday. Um, they ended up trading, I believe, they're just their other second-round pick to trade up. Wow, this is this is interesting to say the least. They did Trade up, finally got Aaron Rodgers a wide receiver, Christian Watson. I, I saw this guy in person when he played South Dakota State. Wow, this is a pick that I was waiting to see. I mean, you look at the last four wide receivers, 
the Packers drafted in the second round. You got Christian Watson, Devonta Adams, Randall Cobb, and Jordy Nelson. That's not a bad list to be on. Those are four. Three of those four wide receivers are proven wide receivers in the NFL, and Christian Watson is going to be one one day as well. So the Detroit, no, the Tennessee Titans pick is now in already. They are on the clock. So I'm going to mention a couple of strengths for Christian Watson. Um, he is above average play strength. I did mention that he's a little uh, lankier, kind of like MVS when he played for Green Bay. Like I said, you're going to see a lot of similarities there if you're a Packer fan. And a competitive player never misses an opportunity to play. He's going to play um, every down for your team as the Tennessee Titans are now selecting here. All right, here we go. With the 35th pick in the 2022 draft, NFL draft, the Tennessee Titans select Roger McQuarrie, defensive back, Auburn University. So my second best cornerback left on my draft board goes off the board here. We got another trade, folks. New York Jets, they are, tra- I don't know, they trade this pick? I believe they did. All right. Yes, the Jets just traded in, and now they have the third selection in the 2022 NFL Draft here in the second round. Roger McCreary, Bryson, what do you got on him right now? So his prospect grade is a 6.28. His next-gen stats, 76 out of 100. Pretty good. He will be an average starter eventually, but this stuff doesn't matter too much. This guy can be a stud. He is a 4.5 40-yard dash. Not very quick, but... He can play the ball up in the air. He forced 20 incompletions last season, led the team in interceptions with three in a very underwhelming season for Auburn. He is 5'11", and his positives include being a fluid athlete, and he can play both man and zone um, on the defensive side, which is a good thing for a cornerback to do. What else do you got on him? So he shows the ability to understand both man and zone like you mentioned, but he excels um, in press coverage and when he's off coverage as well. He understands the difference between zone coverages. You know, he, he has the ability to play it all there on the defensive side. And for him, he's a willing tackler as well, which if you can get a cornerback that can tackle, that is a plus. You know, that's already – he has the ability to go out there and be like a safety. So I think uh, with this selection here, you could have not have asked for anything better uh, – as well as getting a safety. To me, you can never have enough safeties. Um, you know, look at the Packers. I feel like they drafted so many in the past couple first rounds. And, you know, only half of them sometimes work out, at least for them. But um, you look at the Ravens this year, Bryson. They ended up getting a bunch of their defensive bats getting injured. So that ended up hurting them in the long run. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, depth at the cornerback position is definitely a key thing. Um, so the trade details are in the Jets. Received the 36th overall pick. And the Giants... Who were, event, who were at 36, receive the 38th overall pick and a 5th round pick, which is going to be 146. So a New York trade there between the Jets and the Giants, two teams that you know I definitely thought were two winners of yesterday, uh, day one during the draft. And you know a lot of people said that the Jets probably had one of the best day ones out of anybody yesterday. They had, I think, two or three picks yesterday. Now, best available, N'Kobe Dean. This would be a great pick for the New York Jets. He would be... A very good fit. Um, they had three picks yesterday. Mon Gardner and Garrett Wilson were two of those three picks. So defense, defense, defense for the Jets here. Nicobe Dean, probably the best fit is Bernard Raymond, offensive tackle out of Central Michigan. Now, 
beef up that offensive line for Zach Wilson, who just got a new weapon yesterday in Garrett Wilson. Absolute stud out of Ohio State. He needs a little bit of time in the pocket. Sam Darnold had a failure in New York because of the fact that he just didn't have anything around him, and you don't want that to happen with Zach Wilson because me and Brent watched this dude in person, and he was very good, but you can just tell he didn't have much around him. The Jets are now selecting right now. The New York Giants have traded the 36th pick to the New York Jets. With the 36th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Brees Hall, running back, Iowa State. That, that is insane right there. I think they just got one of the best picks in the draft. Now, running backs are going to fall down. Me and Bryson, in our draft uh, podcast, we kind of talked about the value lately. All these running backs are going to be going in the second round. This guy is the best or the second best behind Kenneth Walker of Michigan State. 99 athleticism, which we talked about the next-gen stats. That was Christian Watson as well for Green Bay. He ran a 4.39 40-yard dash for being 220 pounds. This dude is an absolute stud. He's a two-time first-team AP All-American selection. Two-time Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, and he led the Big 12 in rushing touchdowns in 2020 and 2021. You see the patience when he runs through the hole. He's going to also hit that second burst. Look at the elusiveness when you watch Brees Hall run. You want to search up some highlights? This dude is an absolute tank. 23 total rushing touchdowns from scrimmage uh, last year, and a rushing touchdown in 24 straight games, which was a college football record. Yeah, and his prospect grade, only a 6.36, but next-gen stats, 99 overall elite player, will eventually be a plus starter according to next-gen stats. Like we said, his elusiveness, his decision-making, he is going to help this Jets offense out so much. And you're getting Zach Wilson some help, not on the offensive line, but as a you know help in the backfield. They have a very young, good backfield now in New York and pair that up with Garrett Wilson this could be a team look out for the New York Jets next year in a very good AFC they could be a decent team the Texans pick is already in and they are already selecting with the Falcons again the Falcons are now on the clock and they just made their pick but here's Jonathan Joseph in the 2022 NFL draft the Houston Texans select Jalen Petrie DB from Baylor so you hear that pick. The Texans go defense with a safety. Jalen Petrie of Baylor. He can play both nickel and safety. When you have that versatility, it is very, very, uh, it's a plus, I guess, when you draft a guy like this. We have a guy that we talk to uh, pretty much weekly here on the latest catch with Cohen King. He said he has that ability, and it helps out his safety so much. Uh, we talked about that he can play anywhere in the secondary, but he's also excellent in man coverage, especially in the slot. He makes a lot of plays near the line of scrimmage, and he's a game-changing safety for Baylor. Yeah, for sure. This guy kind of flew under the radar a little bit on a very good Baylor team this year. He talked about his availability and his just knack for the game of football. He's a natural, very versatile, can play pretty much any position in the you know kind of defensive back area, and he can play safety, he can play corner, he can play slot. Um he just fits the Houston Texans really well. They do need to get that defense, you know, 
bulked up a little bit on the secondary side. So this is a pretty good pick for the Houston Texans here. Not going to be, you know, that offensive superpower juggernaut that you're looking for, but he is a very good defensive back, and he has very good man cover skills, and he is a ball hawk who loves to play the ball. The Atlanta Falcons just traded into the 38th pick, and their pick is in. I am waiting for it to show the details on that trade. But back to the cornerback that was just taken. He was the 2021 Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. And he was a first-team All-Big 12 in 2020. 2021 statistics, 14 games, 75 tackles, 18 tackles for loss. Four sacks, two interceptions. So this guy plays the ball very well. And I'm waiting to see the Falcons just traded and their pick is in. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you a question here before this pick um, is selected here. Why is N'Kobe Dean falling, Bryson? Why is he falling right now? This guy was supposed to be a first-round pick, possibly from like pick 10 to 20 um, last night. Yeah, he is falling hard. Now, the Atlanta Falcons might be taking him right here. But what if the Falcons just traded up to draft Malik Willis? You never know with Atlanta. Now, the best available still N'Kobe Dean. I don't know why he is falling, but you look at some of the teams that have been picking, inside linebacker isn't a huge need for the teams that have been picking. So... You know, the Falcons, their team needs quarterback, wide receiver, defensive, and offensive line. So inside linebacker is not one of their needs. So N'Kobe Dean is falling because there's not a lot of teams that need an inside linebacker. Now, look out for Malik Willis to get uh, drafted here. And uh, the Penn State defensive end that I was talking about earlier, his name is too hard to pronounce. But I think Atlanta might be taking a look at him as well. Or offensive tackle out of Central Michigan, Bernard Raymond is also definitely a, you know, probable pick here. Yeah, you're not going to look at a guy like Abraham Lucas, uh, Washington State off of the tackle. I think they just go offense here. This might be one of the worst teams in the NFL um, going to next season. And you got a young quarterback um, that could possibly come in here, like Malik Willis, Matt Corral. What if Sam Howell goes? And there's a lot of possibilities here. Um, and we're going to hear the selection in a second as the pick has been in for a while, but it's just taking them um, quite a bit of time here just to make this uh, this pick conclude. So I think me and Bryson think it's offense. Um, but if you want to talk about the Falcons, Bryson, uh, last night, you know, they did a pretty good job. Uh, you look at who they drafted, the big wide receiver out of USC, Drake London, that's going to be paired up with um, – Kyle Pitts. So they got a nice little offense going. We are honored to have with us the family of fallen hero, Army Second Lieutenant Clifford Valentino Gadsden Jr. Second Lieutenant Gadsden lost his life on this day, April 29, 2005, in Iraq. Go ahead, you take a bow. You guys salute them better than ever, but we salute him and thank his family and the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, TAPS, which offers care to the grieving families of lost military loved ones. Now it's time to make the pick. 
And I'm going to turn it over to Minerva, Gadsden's mother, a fallen hero, Clifford Gadsden. Minerva, go for it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, let's go. With the 38th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Atlantic Falcons select Arnold F. UKT, linebacker, Penn State. So there you have it, the guy that I was walking for. I can't pronounce his name, and neither could the lady that said the draft pick, to be honest with you. But that is a very good pick for them. Defensive end, pass rusher, and was a 2021 first-team All-Big Ten selection. He can get to the quarterback, and he uses his hands very well to do so. 18 tackles for loss and nine and a half sacks in 2021. He was the third in the Big Ten in sacks last season. So this guy can get to the quarterback for sure. He is compared to Micah Parsons uh, in some ways more than others. He had 12 quarterback hits, which is more than Micah Parsons did in his senior season. Transferred from Temple, Temple to go to Penn State. So, yeah, this is a great pick for the Atlanta Falcons who are just trying to beef up that defense now. They're looking to rebuild, and this is a great step in the right direction for that as well. Yeah, and he came from the same school as Micah Parsons. He didn't really have that extreme season in 2020 with Temple when he led their team, though, with four sacks. But over his career, you know, 15-and-a-half sack guy. So he's a proven player in this league. His top-notch flexibility around the edge, and he may be the best in this class when doing that. He constantly sets the edge off the tackles, which then turns uh, the quarterback in a different direction, where then he allows more of a um, scramble sack for his teammates. Or when it's a run game, when you get to the edge with the running backs, um, you can also make a play there on tackling them for loss. His hand usage is great. Um, He has a very good pass rushing variety, whether it's spin moves. He uses that long arm when he rips. So as Bryson had on the head, this guy is a very solid pick for the Falcons. You know, I thought they drafted a great receiver in Drake London. It's going to pair him up with Pitts, both guys that can go up and get the football. Now, you do have a quarterback in Marcus Mariota, which might not be your starter for years to come. Proven starter in the league, though. Yeah, he is a proven starter, um, and he can play. You've seen what he did as the backup for the Raiders. It was a couple years ago when Derek Carr went down. He came in, and he played his role very well. Almost won him that football game. I believe it was against the Chargers back in 2020. So if he can play very, very well, and I know he's not going to make mistakes, that's what Marcus Mariota does. You might have a team that can somewhat win some games and compete. They're going to be like that Lions squad every year. They're always sticking around, but they might not, might not get the victory. You're doing the right thing as you're making a comeback and you're going through that difficult process of rebuilding yourself right now. Yeah, speaking of rebuilding, the Chicago Bears are now on the clock. And their pick is in. Um, they traded Khalil Mack to the Chargers in, expa- in exchange for this second-round pick, I believe, and a 2023 sixth-round pick. So I'm looking for Chicago here. I think they're going to go offensive line. Now the best available is still Nicobe Dean, and it is on their needs list, but it's very far down there. It's behind offensive line, wide receiver, and defensive end. So a guy like Sky Moore out of Western Michigan might get picked here. George Pickens might get picked here. It's going to be very 
interesting to see what Chicago does. They might also go offensive line. That offensive lineman out of Central Michigan might get picked. Sean Ryan out of UCLA might get picked. Um, Dylan Parham out of Memphis is another guy. Brenty, what do you got? Yeah, I think you mentioned a guy that will be selected here. I think it'll be George Pickens, though. I think George Pickens out of Georgia is gets selected here. He is would be the best available wide receiver as of right now, but he had that ACL tear. Um, and then I don't really know if he's 100% healthy or 100% at least what he was uh, during the 2022 college football season. Definitely would be a, a top five receiver if he would not have had that injury going to this year's draft. So I think Chicago goes wide receiver, helps out Justin Fields, or they go offensive line. Yeah, for sure. Whatever they do here, though, they do need to help out Justin Fields because that defense is better than the offense. They need some help on the offensive side of the ball. And I think if they do end up picking N'Kobe Dean here, that would not be a good pick. So the last five picks, the Packers at 34, Christian Watson, Roger McCreary at 35 to the Tennessee Titans, Brees Hall at number 36 to the New York Jets, Houston Texans at number 37 pick Jalen Petrie, and at 38, the Atlanta Falcons select Arnold Ebiketti. So the last five picks, three of them are defensive players. Two of them are offensive. So we're starting to see a little bit more balance in this draft. We saw a lot of defensive players get picked in the first round. Now we're going to start seeing some more offense get drafted here coming up in the second and third rounds. So be prepared to see some more wide receivers. Even though there were a ton of wide receivers that got picked in the first round, there just wasn't a lot. So now the Bears are making their pick. Oh, is that Maniscalco with him? Fantastic. All right, Bears fans. With the 39th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, Chicago Bears select DB from Washington, Kyler Gordon. That right there might have been the best t- pick here in the second round. Gordon who was considered a first-round pick not too long ago, did not run a great 40-yard dash, which slid him down some boards. He was probably the sixth-best cornerback in this year's draft class when ranking him. But I will say, Kyler Gordon, he is a very productive corner. He's going to put up nice, solid stats. And he played with Trent McDuffie, who went in the first round, his teammate out of Washington. Washington seems to produce some very solid cornerbacks. He was a 2022 first-round, or 2021 first-round all-pack 12 selection. Seven pass breakups in 2021, led the team. So the stats are there, like I said. And this might be the best pick in the second round so far. Two interceptions in 2021, which is a career high. 46 tackle as well um, to pair it up with his stats. I-, I just think Chicago did the right thing. They already have Jalen Johnson as their other cornerback, and now they add Kyler Gordon to be that second guy. They had Kyler, uh, Kyle Fuller a couple years ago, which was a shutdown corner for them. That ended up going south because he wanted more money. They couldn't really hold on to his salary cap. Jalen Johnson is going to be a free agent here in a couple years. So now you pair him up with a guy like Gordon. I think this is going to be one heck of a defensive back tandem for years to come. For sure. He is a well-equipped player to play corner or nickel. And he possesses dynamic athleticism. Ran a 4-5-2-40, I believe. Yep, that is 5 4 5 Four five two forty yard dash, 5'11", 194, and he has an 83 overall grade from next-gen stats. So that is a good rating from next-gen stats. That is a big pick for the Chicago Bears. They were not 
tricked into having to go offense here. So he is very fluid in the backfield as well. You look at his press coverage, and this is where he really excels. Making sure the wide receiver can't get position on him. He is decisive and explosive in reactive moments, and he consistently targets the playmaking angles on many throws, and that leads to some very nice interceptions. He has seven pass breakups last season for Washington, so this guy really loves playing the ball. He loves playing the slot as well. He gets really physical in the slot, and he can also come up and hit the running back as well. He's a very physical corner-slash-nickel guy that will be a playmaker on the defense for Chicago. Yeah, and they're showing the highlights here. He just made a big lick on a receiver, but um, one of the highlights, they showed him inside, what he can do against those slot corners. And who was in the slot, you ask? Well, it was Drake London. Drake London was the 8th overall selection, and we just seen him knock down a pass that was targeted toward him. He can play against the best receivers in the league, and I think he can do it very well. I'm in love with the Chicago pick here, and I hate to say it because I'm a big NFC North guy, the Green Bay Packers, but just a very solid selection here, and they took the best corner available. For sure. So the next on the clock here is Seattle. Team needs defensive end quarterback, cornerback, and inside linebacker. Quarterback and cornerback, if you can tell the difference. So Malik Willis, obviously on the board. Do they go quarterback here? Or do they try waiting for the third round for a guy like Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, one of those type of guys? Do they wait for Carson Strong in the third round? Huge arm on that dude. Now, they went offensive line in the first round. Do they go defensive end here? Josh Paschal out of Kentucky, still on the board. Nicobe Dean, still on the board. Obviously, he's probably the best available right now. Their pick is in, so we will wait for them to announce it. Malik Willis, probably the best fit for Seattle right now. Yeah, I look at a guy like Josh Pascal out of Kentucky, 6'3", 268, huge dude. Um, also another, I'd say the best available pass rusher as of right now. And when you go to defensive tackle, who they could also sure up, Travis Jones, who was supposed to be a borderline first-round pick. Cornerbacks, you look at a guy that's still available, Andrew Booth Jr., who may be better than Kyler Gordon, went to a bigger college, faced better competition. He may be selected here at corner. Um, Tariq Woolen on a UTSA. We talked to one of his teammates not too long ago, quarterback. And he's a corner, though. He can run absolutely amazing times at the 40-yard dash. So it's like a 4-2-8, 4-2-6. The man can absolutely blaze. That must be really interesting here. Do they go quarterback, man? I mean, they waited. They didn't draft somebody in the first round of quarterback. And now they have the 40th overall pick here. And they... Might have got a guy like Malik Willis that just fell right into their hands. For sure. And he probably will be a starting quarterback. Oh, here's the selection right here. The 2022 NFL Draft. The Seattle Seahawks select Boye Mofe, linebacker, Minnesota. Good pick there from Seattle. An edge rusher. Very nice pick here. They're going to beef up that defense. Maybe they're going to go with um, Drew Locke as their quarterback next season. It's starting to look like it. Draft score overall 35 here at 86 athleticism from next-gen stats. Production is where he lacks, but he is a raw, raw player. NFL comparison, pay. He is very raw, lacks development, but if you can 
if you can develop this dude, he can be a stud. Four five three forty yard dash, thirty eight inch vertical, good body control and burst, and flashes of above average first step. Yeah, and he has good hip flexibility. He can dip under contact, and his swim moves are unbelievable. The way he can rip, and then he finishes when he hits the quarterback. He brings down some big guys. He makes sure that they get onto the ground. His hustle and his pursuit. I watched a play from him against Illinois. They did a reverse. And a counter, he ended up staying home and then tackled the guy in the backfield. He did not over-pursuit and run by him. Um, He set the edge and made that tackle. Four and a half sacks in 2020, and Seattle has another pick here. Now do they go quarterback? They might. This is very interesting. They go back-to-back here in the second round. Do they stick with Drew Locke? Do they pick Malik Willis? Do they go offensive line again? But the 2021 statistics for Boye Mafe. 12 games, 34 total tackles, 10 tackles for loss, 7 sacks, and 1 forced fumble. So here comes their second pick in a row. This came in very quickly. They probably know who they wanted to pick beforehand. The Bills for the Bills Moffat. Uh-huh. But here's the second Seahawks pick to go with Moffat. With the 41st pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Kenneth Walker, running back, Michigan State. All right, here. So Seattle is just—they're going to stick with Drew Locke, and I think with them passing up on a guy like Malik Willis, a guy like Desmond Ritter, they're going to make these guys fall on the draft boards. They're going to make other teams not select these quarterbacks, and I feel like maybe it'll be the third round by the next time we hear a QB's name. Now, Kenneth Walker, one of my guys from Michigan State. I'm going to give you guys a player comp if you have not watched him. He kind of reminds you. Of a Saquon Barkley was when he was in college, not the first running back taken, but the second, right behind Brees Hall. Both these guys very respected running backs. You look at the pieces of the puzzle, the guys that they're putting together. Drew Locke at quarterback, Kenneth Walker and Chris Carson at running back. That's a pretty good tandem. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and then Noah Fant at the tight end position. This Seattle team is not going to be as bad as everyone thinks. No, um, especially with those young guys that you just mentioned. Kenneth Walker, great running back. He's going to be very productive. 1,600 rushing yards and 18 touchdowns in 2021. Sadly, five of those came against my Michigan Wolverines. Now, he had a great year in the Big Ten, which is a very big conference, tough conference to play in. 4-3-8, 40-yard dash, tied with my South Dakota State boy, Pierre Strong Jr., who might get his name called tonight. If not tonight, it'll be tomorrow night for sure. But he has above-average build for the position. He is a bruiser, and he has a lot of energy with the ball. And he can look kind of crazy and frantic at times, but he understands what his tempo is and how he runs the ball, and he has very good balance with the ball, plays to his strengths, and he has short area quickness he knows where to go in a short amount of time yeah he's willing to run through anybody he'll lower his shoulder and attempt to run over the would-be tacklers understands um, different run concepts he presses the hole understands when to bounce it out or just to go north and south which is great for a running back now he's probably got to split some time with Chris Carson here but I'm sure he'll be willing to do that this is a guy that may eventually take over that starting role and maybe have a career like a Jonathan Taylor, which the Colts are on the clock right now. Um, we're going to have that pick here in a second. They actually have not made the selection yet. But back on Walker, good vision and a good feel for the run. I think this is a great pick for Seattle. They're just building around 
Drew Locke, they have trust in him, which is great for a young quarterback like him. Exactly. If you want a young quarterback to flourish and develop, you've got to instill trust in him. you got to instill confidence in him. And they're doing that right now, not picking a quarterback. Malik Willis just might slip into the third or even not even get drafted tonight. You look at a team like the New York Giants, who did not pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. They are next up on the clock after the Indianapolis Colts. A quarterback might get picked there. But other than that, I mean, you look at teams like Detroit, are they going to pick a quarterback? Washington, are they going to pick a quarterback? I don't believe so. I don't believe those two teams need a quarterback right now. I feel like their quarterbacks aren't the best, but quarterback is not a huge need for them. Now, needs for the Colts here. Wide receiver and offensive line for sure. Tight end, maybe the tight end out of Colorado State gets picked here. Um, Maybe Andrew Booth gets picked here. He is the best fit, I believe. For the Colts right now. Nicobe Dean's still the best available. But. I don't know. He is falling down this draft board. Look for a guy like Sky Moore to get picked here. Maybe even John Mechie Jr. Or John Mechie II from Alabama. He had a great year. I mean. This pick can go many ways. For a team like the Indianapolis Colts. Who should be in a position to make a run at the playoffs. Next year. So this pick is in right now. Um, Minnesota is did, did Minnesota. Did they trade? I think Minnesota just, no, just traded. traded. Yeah, so just got traded here. They're going to make their first selection. They got a bunch of draft capital. Um, last night we really didn't talk about all the trades, but this draft here in the second round have been it's been flying, and we've been trying to catch up on everything. So Minnesota, they trade with the Lions. And they trade with the Packers, so they've been going through the NFC North, which is kind of surprising. You do not see that often. If you trade up, Bryson, are you going to take a guy like Andrew Booth, maybe in the Kobe Dean, or are you going to do a quarterback? I know, I, I know, you're a big fan of Kirk Cousins, and you don't get why he gets so um, hated, but he is signed through 2023. And what Malik Willis needs is a mentor for two seasons. Even a Desmond Ritter is this a quarterback here? It might be a quarterback. This would not be a bad pick for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, they might need a cornerback. Okay, the Vikings received the 42nd and a 4th round pick. And the Indianapolis Colts received a 53, 53rd overall pick, a 3rd round pick, and a 6th round pick. So we will see an extra Colts pick in the 3rd round tonight. So overall, pretty even trade for the Vikings who had a lot of draft capital to begin with. Now, cornerback, offense guard, tight end, Top three needs for the Minnesota Vikings. Do they go into Kobe Dean here? Inside linebacker is kind of a need for them as well. Andrew Booth Jr. still on the board from Clemson. Cornerback probably might get picked here. But he got a guy like Leo Chanel, Christian Harris. Those two guys are sneaking up the draft board pretty quickly here. And Kobe Dean is falling hard. I am so surprised at this. Yeah, me too. I mean, do they go receiver, Bryson? I mean, you got a guy like Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. K.J. Osborne is their third guy. But they could use another receiver because you can always upgrade at the position. Green Bay, they went Christian Watson. And they already have a couple of receivers. Now, what I'm saying is they don't have a true number one, which is why they add um, that position of need. But you cannot pass up on guys like Sky Moore, you know, the George Pickens. And Pickens will be out, or he won't be out, but he was injured recently, so that's a risk. So we'll have to see here who is picked 
And that'll be right now. This is crazy. We didn't have this many people when I played in the Super Bowl. Hey, you know, I got to tell you, <laughs> finding a Viking purple sport coat is not easy. But I did it. And I hope you appreciate it. You know, the significance of me being here was that 50 years ago, I was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. I, I know I know what you're thinking. I look pretty good for my age. But, but it was nothing like this. I was in my little apartment in Ithaca, New York, at Cornell University. And Jim Finks, the general manager, called and told me, congratulations, son. You've been drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. I love it. It's a new and residency here honest, in Vegas. They weren't on the top of my list for teams I wanted to be drafted by. Look out. In fact, there was only one team that I wanted to be drafted by less. Oh, my goodness. But I'm not going to mention Green Bay. <laughs> well, that's some red meat right there. I see those cheeseheads over there. Anyway, it was a great experience. Got to play in two Super Bowls. And now, 50 years later, here I am in front of all you folks. This is really exciting for me. So as a ex-former Minnesota Viking and former head coach at Blue Mountain State, <laughs> come on, we got to have some GOAT fans out there. <laughs> This is right in Charles' wheelhouse. <laughs> go, go, baby. Anyway. Is he going to get to the early? There we go. Read the, I can't read the card. She wants me to read the card. All right. Are we in the early years? Let's go, Ed. Here we go, Ed. He got us getting a hook. Not, not even any playoff music. Just read no. it. Just read it. Anyway, with the 42nd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select... Defensive back Andrew Booth from Clemson. So after that long, long uh, story, wow. <laughs> holy man! And that, wow, we were expecting Woo. a really quick one there, and then they brought a guest on known as Ed Marino. Never heard of him, uh, but Same. but he ended up telling his life story right there uh, at the <laughs> podium. So Andrew Booth, me and Bryce were talking about him. Like, why was this guy following? This guy was a solid player too. What a pick by Minnesota. Minnesota, I feel every year they at least seem to almost win this draft. And they have been looking like maybe a candidate for that this year. Moving back, trading with division rivals, getting draft capital, and then taking a very solid player that could have went in the first round in the second round. I, I really do like this pick. They picked uh, Lewis Seen out of Georgia last night with the 32nd overall selection. And now they go defense again with Andrew Booth. Yeah, and the Giants pick is already in after that dude's life story. So this is going to be a quick little breakdown. The Giants need an outside linebacker, a wide receiver, and a safety here. So N'Kobe Dean still on the board. But the best fit here, probably David Ojabo out of Michigan. So look for that pick. Look for N'Kobe Dean to get picked here. 
Is there a quarterback getting drafted right now, Brenty? This might be a quarterback. Oh, got another dude. Here's Merrill. Love it. Love Merrill. Hilarious. With the 43rd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Football Giants select Wandale Robinson, wide receiver from Kentucky. So, Wandale Robinson, which I do know of Wandale. He is a player that I compared to on the last episode, the latest catch, uh, to Elijah Moore. Little slot receiver, 5'8", 178, ran a 4'4", 40. So this guy's got some speed, um, played very well in, at Kentucky, played his role, and you can give him the ball in any way. These quick little bubble screens, and then he just takes off from there. If you give him any room, he will accelerate and probably get to the house. I do like this because you can also get him involved in jet sweeps. Um, I, I'm just thinking he was not the best wide receiver available. I had him going in day three, uh, possibly the fourth round. But I will say I'm okay with this because you look at the receivers available, Sky Moore to Western Michigan, George Pickens who had the injury, and then from there you got John Mechie who tore his ACL, and it might be Wandale Robinson. So they might have just got gotten their best overall wide receiver on their board here with the 43rd overall selection. Uh, you can also be careful of this dude playing running back as well. He has played running back before. So he has great speed, elite juice with the ball, and he has a lot of acceleration, stop-start ability, very agile. Like I said, he can play running back as well. He has running back experience, great contact balance, and he is a shorter individual, so his he's smaller to the ground. It's harder to hit, and he takes a lot of hits, and he takes kind of more than one or two to, you know, take him down. And he is a willing blocker with solid form. So this is a big pick for the New York Giants. I mean, they can get him involved in the running game. 195 receptions, 2,200 yards, and 10 touchdowns in his career, which is 31 games at Kentucky. Now, I believe that this is a great pick as well because you look at George Pickens out of Georgia. He is hurt. John Mechie is hurt. And... They're Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. Kentucky plays a better schedule than Western Michigan, so the you know competition is there as well. There was just another trade. Houston Texans are now on the clock with number forty-four, and the pick is already in. Do they are they going quarterback? We said this for the last couple picks. The Cleveland Browns just traded to the Houston Texans. Are the Texans going quarterback? Are the Texans going Nicobe Dean? They picked Derek Stingley Jr. in the first round. They picked an offensive lineman in the first round. They picked Jalen Petrie earlier today. Wow, the Houston Texans just moved up. This is, wow. So defensive end and offensive line are their basically two higher needs here. Now, I would love to see them stick with Davis Mills for one year. Maybe they can get a team around him. Lovey Smith is going to be their new head coach next year. Maybe another Kentucky guy goes back-to-back here. Josh Pascal out of Kentucky, probably the best defensive end pass rusher on the board right now. Nicobe Dean might get picked here. Offensive lineman out of Central Michigan might get picked here as well. This pick can go many different ways. Yeah, and Davis Mills had a very solid rookie season. You could probably put him up there as the second best behind Mac Jones, especially with the... Um, 
stats-wise, you know, 16 touchdowns, 10 picks, and he got them some wins. Tyrod Taylor couldn't couldn't even win with that team last year, and he has been a proven starter and journeyman in this football league. Now, Malik Willis, if you take him here, I think that'd be kind of a bad pick. You know, you set him up for or for failure. This team will not win for a couple of years, and they always have great draft picks. They just do not. They don't really seem to know how to um, have them develop well enough, and it just it sets them up. For a lot of their early draft picks, you know, they seemed to be bust. So if they go Malik Willis here, I actually would not be surprised. But I hope they do not. They can get a guy like Sam Howell in the third round. Exactly, and they can get a game-wrecking player in Nicobe Dean right now. Which is where I think they're going with this pick. But they also might go offensive line. They might go running back as well, James Cook. Isaiah Spiller might come on. I don't know, this pick. The pick is in, so we're waiting for the announcement here. Who is Lovey Smith going with here? The last four picks here, the Seattle Seahawks picked twice. Uh, they picked Kenneth Walker, the third, a running back. They picked Mafe, an outside linebacker. They picked, And then the Minnesota Vikings picked Andrew Booth Jr. And then the New York Giants selected Wandale Robinson. The Chicago Bears picked Kyler Gordon out of Washington. And then I think, Bryce, you talked about that as a bouquet out of Penn State, um, the defensive end to Atlanta. So those were the last five or six picks. We now have the pick here for Houston. Do they go quarterback? Are we going to see our first quarterback here? With the 44th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select... John Mechie, wide receiver, Alabama. Now, I, I'm shocked they move up here. You look at the teams, actually makes a little sense. Baltimore, they may go receiver, Bryson. They lost Marquise Brown last night in a trade to the Cardinals. That's one trade we can discuss. He was traded for a first and a third round draft pick. Now, Mechie is a great wide receiver. He was the number two guy behind um, the newly acquired Lions uh, receiver, Jamison Williams. And there was production there as well. They threw the ball around a lot. You see the quickness. Now, he does not have that insane game speed, and you were not able to see him run a 40 because of the suffered torn ACL in the SEC championship game. Um, and it sucks for him because he would have been a first-round pick, uh, no doubt. And I do like this pick. You get more weapons. Uh, you look at a guy last year, they picked Nico Collins out of Michigan, and they have Brandon Cooks who they locked up. The effort is always off the charts, and they are putting some pieces together. Davis Mills is their quarterback. Marlon Mack, the former Colt, who is very unheard of, but he's trying to rejuvenate that career of his at running back. Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, and then John Mechie. This could be not bad of a team, especially if um, Davis Mills builds on what he already started there in Houston. Yeah, and I love this trade because they traded up before Baltimore, and you know Baltimore was going to pick a wide receiver. John Mechie, 5'11", 187. Now, he, like you said, not the game wrecker speed-wise, but he runs very good routes. He very well releases off the line here and, you know, keeps pressed cornerbacks off balance. And he, you know, flashes at times to make be able to make defenders miss. His stats last season, 13 games, 96 receptions, 1,100 yards. He was the second team All-SEC. So, you know, developed wide receiver, polished wide receiver. Going to Alabama, always a good thing. 
So the Ravens pick is in, Bryson. We are going to see what they got in store for them here in a second. Where do you think, uh, what direction did they go? You know, they already drafted a center last night. Uh, Lane would say the best pick in the draft out of Iowa. And then they go with Kyle Hamilton, the best safety in the draft class, and maybe a top five prospect here in 2022. So they've done a pretty good job with their draft class as well. So where do you think they go here, Bryson? Defensive end, cornerback, outside linebacker. Where do you think Ajabo lands? Is he going to go here? He tore his Achilles on his pro day at Michigan. Would have been a first-round pick. Do they wait a year and keep adding to that defense? Maybe to go secondary again. How about N'Kobe Dean? He might be a selection. I did see a lot of mock drafts. He actually went to the Ravens in the first round. So it's kind of crazy that he's dropping right now. Yeah, it is crazy, but you look at teams, they don't need an inside linebacker. So, N'Kobe Dean is just falling off the draft board right now. The Packers probably should have taken him in the first round yesterday, but they didn't. They picked Quay Walker instead. So, the Baltimore Ravens here. A big spot. Do they go wide receiver? They got George Pickens out of Georgia. They got Sky Moore out of West Virginia. They have Alec Pierce. We've talked about him before on the episode prior to this. Jalen Tolbert. Out of South Alabama, another unknown wide receiver that might get picked here. Now, this is an interesting pick. I know Lamar Jackson's not happy about the Hollywood Brown trade that happened yesterday. Do they try making him happy? Do they go with the depth at the tight end position? That tight end out of um, Colorado State. Do they go Troy Anderson out of Montana State at inside linebacker? I don't believe so, but it... Their pick is in. We're just waiting for the announcement of the pick. Yeah, Tyler Lindebaum might have been the best selection in the draft last night. And they get a guy that is going to be a top five center in this league and a great uh, football player for years to come. Here is the selection. Mount's 45th pick. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select David Ojabo, there you go. linebacker, Michigan. Congratulations. So Ojabo goes here, and this is kind of where I thought he'd fall. This is a great pick. I'm sure, Bryson, you got a lot more to talk about. You're a Michigan fan. You got to watch him um, every Saturday, it seemed like, on college game day. And this guy, I feel... Like I would have said, he might have got a little bit of help from Aiden Hutchinson. You know, he got to relieve some pressure off of Ajabo, got him to the quarterback a little more. So what do you think about this pick? This is a great pick for the Baltimore Ravens. Overall, 84 draft score by next-gen stats. Athleticism, 74. Production, 81. I agree with this completely. Now, you did say that he might have gotten some help from Aiden Hutchinson. I do. I can agree with that. But Ojabo was a flat-out playmaker last year. Like, it didn't matter who was blocking him. He could make plays. And it was just so sad to see him tear his Achilles. For not, not his Achilles. He tore his Achilles on his pro day. Just terrible. But 4-5-5, 40-yard dash. And he has great speed around the edge. Accelerates through blocks. And he just get natural pass rusher. He gets to the quarterback at whatever cost. So... He had 11 sacks in 2021, second to Aiden Hutchinson, second overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson, that is too. And he is a loose rusher. He is elusive. He just kind of freelances, just find different ways to get past his guy. So now the Detroit Lions are on the clock here. So from Michigan to Detroit, now they they 
got quarterback as one of their needs. They've got safety. They've got running back. I don't believe that they're going to go quarterback here. It would be kind of stupid if they did, in my opinion. But they might go safety here. Uh, look for Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. Might get picked here. Um, the pick is in. We're just waiting for the announcement of the pick. Now, running back might be something they do here. Um, DeMarvin Leal out of Texas A&M. Defensive end. Sneaky pick here if the Detroit Lions want to take. Oh, Michael Key is now making the pick for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, for this line fan. What's going on? With the 46th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Josh Pascal, defensive end, University of Kentucky. So Josh Pascal goes off the board here, heavy hands, outside, inside uh, player. And I will say, this is kind of a Detroit Lions pick. I, I'm not saying he's a bad guy because me and Bryson have talked about him going here in the previous uh, picks that were uh, recently up. But I, I hate to laugh here, but Detroit, man. Nicobe Dean. How about, how about Jaquan Brisker? These are better players than what you have. And I, I'm not going to say this is a bad pick. He's a second team all SEC selection out of Kentucky. You play in a great conference. Five and a half sacks, 15 and a half sack, or tackles for loss, which led the team in TFL. Now Detroit, he had a 28 quarterback hurries, which was fourth in the SEC. I do not mind this at all because with his low center of gravity, you know, he anchors pretty well. That was definitely the best defensive end available. Did I think Detroit needed to go D end? Not really. They picked a D end in the first round with their second overall pick. They picked Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end. They did not need to go with another defensive end here. This is such a Detroit Lions pick. I don't even know who their middle linebacker is right now. So that's why N'Kobe Dean would have probably been a great pick there. Like, oh my goodness, this is such a Detroit Lions thing to do. The Washington Commanders are on the clock. Their pick is in, so we're waiting that. But wow. You, you know, I'm I'm definitely with you on why did they why did they pick a defensive end? They definitely had better players available. And the Kobe Dean continues to free fall here. They could have went off at the tackle if Detroit wanted to. Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan, he is going to be the next off the tackle taken. You can put money on it. So why would you not go with a better overall player? And there's so many guys that are available. You know what? You should have went Malik Willis. Actually, it wasn't that bad of a pick for Detroit. Um, I just wish they would have targeted a different position there. And I'm sure you you feel the same. Yeah, I do now. As a Packer fan, this makes me laugh because they're just making Detroit moves right now. But, yeah, it's not that he's a bad player. Like, we talked about him getting drafted in the last couple picks here. But Detroit already picked in the same position. Like, wow. But here we go with the Washington Commanders now. So we got some team needs for them. Inside linebacker and cornerback safety, basically. So N'Kobe Dean, look for him to come off the board at some point during the second round. This might happen now with the Washington Commanders. That would be a great pick for them as well as an offensive lineman. Sean Ryan out of UCLA might get picked here as well. Yeah, and then Darion Kennard, maybe another Kentucky guy goes off the board. He's a, he's a guard. 
You lost Brandon Sheriff, so there is a huge hole to fill. I think guard is where they go, Bryson, because they see this in the Kobe Dean free fall, and they might be scared. I think a lot of these teams are scared. Chicago is up next, and then we got New Orleans, Kansas City, Philly, Pittsburgh to round that off. I mean, do they go quarterback? I don't think so. I don't know about you. Um, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, you got Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Bailey Zappi, even on the Western Kentucky, who if we hear his name called today, I will be shocked. Uh, EJ Perry out of Brown, another guy that could possibly go on day three. Those are just some quarterbacks that are available for Washington. Now, you do have Carson Wentz, which you did not have to trade too much for like the Colts did. I think it was just a third-round pick. So you got him for some good value. In the first round, you picked Jahan Dotson. So what, where do you think they go here, Bryson? And do you think uh, Jahan Dotson was a, a good pick for them in the first round? Or, yeah, first round. Yeah, that was a great pick for uh, the Washington Commanders yesterday. Um, you know, they definitely needed another wide receiver. Pair him up with Terry McLaurin and Carson Wentz. They could be a scary offense that, you know, threatens secondaries here. But to me, this is an obvious pick. For Washington, that's N'Kobe Dean. You get a young pass rushing inside linebacker paired up with a young Chase Young. And N'Kobe Dean is smaller, undersized for an inside linebacker, but man, you got Chase Young, you pair that up with another young linebacker, that'd be good. Now, Jacoby Brisker, probably the best fit here. They are in dire need of a safety. So look for Jacoby Brisker to be picked here as well. Yeah, and the pick has been in here for a while. You've seen some of the Washington uh, football team, their staff, or the commanders, um, you know, shaking hands. So they like their selection. Uh, Chase Young coming off a torn ACL, and they finished third in the NFC East. So you can imagine that they are a couple pieces away because that division always is uh, pretty close and tight. So I mean, with a new quarterback, maybe Carson Wentz finds a, a better home, one that benefits him, and he can return back to the MVP form. I just don't see that happening either. I think Washington, they got to go um, here on the defensive side or offensive guard. Commanders, I see y'all. Commanders, I see y'all. What's up, everybody? With the 47th pick of the 2022 draft, the Washington Commanders select for Darian Mathis, D-Tackle, Alabama. How many? So, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I mean, Alabama defensive tackle, great leverage, holds point of attack, has that typical Alabama body type. Whoa. That was not expected there. For Darian Mathis, overall 72 draft score. 2021 second team all SEC selection. I mean, wow. <laughs> he had, I mean, nine sacks last year. Yeah, 12 tackles for loss, nine sacks in 2021. So he led the SEC interior D lineman in those two things. Six quarterback hits last year. I mean, wow. I thought they would go to Kobe Dean if they won defense here. 6 4, 3 10. Um, four nine one shuttle. He did not run in the forty yard dash. So, I mean, Alabama. Wow, what a draft for them. They got Evan Neal, Jameson Williams, John Metzie Jr., and now Fatherian Mathis. So four picks in the first second rounds here. Great for them. Yeah, and Fatherian Mathis. I would think he was the 
uh, at least entered today, was the second best defensive tackle behind Travis Jones of Connecticut. And Travis Jones really impressed at the senior day, uh, the Reese's Senior Bowl, but he's falling here a little bit. Played for a smaller D1 college of UConn, and Mathis plays for a bigger school. Now I'm not saying this is a bad pick either because he's going to be productive, but he's not going to get a lot of playing time, so the stats might not be there. You look at the Aaron Payne and you got Jonathan Allen, who are both starting defensive tackles for the Washington Commanders. I do not see where he gets on the field especially because he is not able to play an edge and in the inside. So this is a little questionable for me, and a guy that I would have thought maybe went in the third round, but definitely not a early second-round pick. So the Bears just get their second pick in here in the second round. Bryson, where will they go? They got this trade from the Los Angeles Chargers, so that first pick they made was actually their own. So they're back on the clock here. Do they go Sky Moore? We talked about him earlier here for the Bears. Do they go N'Kobe Dean, who is just, I mean, nobody is even taking him. Do they go offensive guard? A couple of guys available there. Dylan Parham out of Memphis, which you mentioned. You got Sean Ryan out of UCLA. Multiple guys here that can, that can go. Uh, where do you think the Bears' uh, direction here is? Where do you think their need, and what will they address? I think they go wide receiver here. Um, they lost Allen Robinson. I believe Allen Robinson is still in free agency, though. He, oh no, he signed with the Rams. So they lost Allen Robinson. They probably want to fill that hole. So, I mean, yeah, they're probably gonna go wide receiver. But, but here we go. Here's their pick. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Jaquan Brisker, defensive back, Penn State. So they get another solid pick here. You know, the Bears, I would give them like an A- minus right now. They go with the best available safety. Great ball skills. He reads the quarterback's eyes very well. Jumps in front of routes. Great anticipation. He's about 6'2", 199, ran a 4'4", 940. So if you're in those 4'4s, that is great speed. Especially, you know, you have great um, game speed as well. He's very physical, um, attacks on blitzes, and he'll go after the football. He has a good um, ball skills, like I mentioned earlier, with second-team AP All-American selection in 2021. All-Big Ten selection in 2021. Now his first team. Jaquan Brisker, I'm a big fan of him. I thought he had a chance to get into that first round if Daxton Hill wasn't taken or Lewis Sign. He was going to be one of those guys. Now, the Saints are on the clock with their pick. They have gone off at the tackle. They have gone wide receiver. But they have not gone quarterback. They'd signed Jameis Winston to a two-year, $28 million deal this offseason. Is their best fit Malik Willis? And I don't know if it's Matt Corral to you, because like Matt Corral kind of reminds me of a Drew Brees-type build. Now, Drew Brees was never that fast or that you know do-a-threat ability-like. But this might go quarterback, Bryce. I think the Saints might start a trend here. Yeah, I don't know. They already went offensive line, and they already went wide receiver, so I don't see them doing any of those two. Look for a guy like N'Kobe Dean to finally get off the draft board? I don't know. And I've been watching this. He N'Kobe Dean was ranked 7th in the top 200 prospects of this draft. They picked The Saints have picked Chris Olave, wide receiver out of Ohio State, Trevor Penning, offensive tackle out of Northern Illinois University. 
So they went offense, offense, look for them to go like Travis Jones out of UConn, defensive tackle maybe. Um, they might want to beef up that defensive line a little bit. Um, Last season they did miss the playoffs for the first time since like 2015, 2016. So they're going to be looking for a kind of a rebuild. They have a bad cap space you know, situation. Dennis Allen is their new head coach. Two-year, $28 million contract to Jameis Winston. So I believe that would rule out any quarterback rumors here. Jameis Winston can flat out play quarterback. So I think they have to go in a position that's not, you know, quarterback here. Now, maybe they go Connor Hayward, fullback. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but seriously, I think N'Kobe Dean is the obvious pick here. Sky Moore, maybe, but you already went wide receiver, so I would not say that. So I believe that this pick is going on the defensive side, N'Kobe Dean. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you... You've gone offense already twice, so why not beef up that defense? And I would say you go wide receiver again here and get your third guy, and that would be either maybe a Khalil Shakir out of um, Boise State. Me and Bryson, we, we've heard a bunch on Khalil Shakir. I mean, we've talked to a lot of guys in interviews, and they have just praised this dude, his route running, his work ethic. And the fact that he's still on the board, you know, with all these wide receivers free-falling, he could be gone here in these next couple selections. Um, so over these last couple picks, Bryce, I want to ask you while we're still waiting for these commercials to wrap up, who has picked um, the best here in, on day two? Not saying day one. If you were to give a day two grade on all the selections, who would that be? Oof, I don't know. That's a tough one here. I would have to look at the overall kind of draft thing here. But, I mean, you look at a team like um, the Seattle Seahawks have had a pretty good day two so far. You look at the Houston Texans, they've had a pretty good day two so far. The Packers traded up to draft Christian Watson. That could be a good pick. I mean, yeah, it, there's a lot of teams that done good today so far, but there's still a lot of picks to go in this day two. I mean, I don't know, biggest loser of second round so far? Probably either Detroit or Washington. I mean, those two teams picked... Yeah, those two picks were very questionable back-to-back there. But, you know, we're not the ones that are doing all the scouting. The New Orleans Saints still haven't made their pick. And there's 40 seconds left on the draft clock. And they just showed their war room, and they were not very concerned. So is there a trade in the works right now? They might go, oh, pick is in, finally. I don't know where they're going to go with this one. Maybe Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan. You don't. You won't just get one tackle. You get two. Now Trevor Penning, I'm sure you can move him inside, play a guard position, because uh, you do have Ryan Ramschek out of, um, well, he's a former Wisconsin Badger, one of the best tackles in the league. Behind Green Bay's very own David Bakhtiari. So, with the pick is in here. I, don't, I mean, they have Demario Davis at inside linebacker. I don't think they would go Nicobe Dean. So this could be an interesting pick. Maybe you go guard Bryson, or you might go defensive tackle. This is going to be interesting. You've seen defensive tackle start to go off the board a little bit. Does Travis Jones go of UConn? That that would be my pick if I'm New Orleans right now. If I'm if I'm their front office, that's who I'm calling right now, and uh, beefing up that defense even some more. I I think New Orleans will be solid next year with Winston coming back. They have now a number two wide receiver. They have some weapons to throw the ball to. They still have Evan Kamara, one of the best 
uh, third down backs in the league and also proved that he could be a true bell cow back. So here is the pick for New Orleans. We will see who they select here. Browns leaving the Saints to potentially find a quarterback in this draft to go along with Ian Book, who was drafted last year, and Jameis, who was reacquired. We'll see what happens here, though, as the Saints making this pick, and then the next time they choose will be in the fifth round of this draft. Here comes Cam Jordan of the New Orleans Saints to announce his new teammate. With the 49th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Alante Taylor, defensive back, Tennessee. So they go Alante Taylor to Tennessee, career-high 60 tackles, six pass breakups, two interceptions in 2021, 162 tackles, four picks in his whole entire career, right at 4-3-6-40. Speed is not a question for him, and... Also a tackler, but one thing I do see when he does tackle Bryson, he's more of a body tackler, and he's not a guy that wraps up. So that that is a big problem in the NFL, and you see corners always do that. Yeah, and it reminds you of a guy like HaHa Clinton Dix coming out of college, who was a huge hitting safety, but missed some tackles because he was a body hitter. Now, this is a very interesting pick here. Alante Taylor... His position rank is 15th at the cornerback position, and cornerbacks weren't even on a list of needs for the New Orleans Saints. So this is an interesting selection here for New Orleans. I definitely thought they were going to go inside linebacker here. So on my rankings, I told you guys about the big board. He is number 114. Number 114, and he falls here to the Saints. This is kind of an interesting pick. I mean, why... I mean, cornerback, I've mentioned before, it's always a position of need. It doesn't matter who you are. You, you can never have enough cornerbacks on a football team. And if he has the ability to play some safety, then maybe, right, maybe you can get some value there with Malcolm Jenkins uh, retiring. You lose Marcus Williams to free agency. He signs with the Jets. And the Jets, um, I believe they don't have a pick here in this round. Uh, well, I guess, again. Uh, the Chiefs, they are on the clock right now with the 50th overall selection. Where does our buddy Lane go here, right? His his squad. Are they going to go receiver? They have not gone receiver yet. Um, a guy that would be such a pick that the Chiefs would make, George Pickens out of Georgia. Does that not seem like a, a Chiefs pick right there, Bryson? Yeah, it does, and that would make that offense very good. Not that it's not very good. Remember, they have Juju Smith-Schuster um, joining the squad next season. They have Patrick Mahomes, but... Yeah, I believe that they went two defensive players in the first round. They've got to go with an offensive player here for the second round pick, number 50 in the draft. They traded Tyree Kill to Miami in exchange for a ton of draft picks. So maybe they'll use those to try and, you know, regain a... Oh, they just traded it. Traded it to the New England Patriots. Uh, where is New England? What does New England want here? Uh, yeah, that's interesting because they went Cole Strange out of Chattanooga <laughs> last night. And the way, I don't know if anybody saw the reaction of Sean McVay, but he was like, man, because they don't have a pick till the third round. I thought I can get him at one whatever, wherever he's selecting. 
and they were laughing him and the GM. So that just shows you that, that that's such a Belichick move. I thought Kansas City would go, um, you know, a very, very reliable and safe pick with George Pick. I mean, it's a safe pick in a way, but like I said, coming off an injury, pick is in for New England. I wonder what they gave up here, Bryson. I mean, somewhat. Do they go to Kobe Dean here? I mean, do they trade up to get the Kobe Dean? A guy that's falling. Uh, Belichick not afraid to go with an undersized linebacker that everybody's afraid of um, drafting. I think that would be a very New England pick. Yeah, and they definitely knew what they were trading up to get because their pick was in very quickly. They might go uh, with Jones out of UConn. They might go Harris out of Alabama as well, defense tackle linebacker there. I mean, they might go... Uh, Brendan Raymond out of Central Michigan. Leo Chanel, linebacker out of Wisconsin, maybe. They can go multiple different directions here, but they definitely have a plan because they traded and made that pick very quickly. I'm, I was just surprised because I'm pretty sure New England was already picking like pretty much next. I think New England was next on the draft board. Like after the... Kansas City Chiefs. Yep, Kansas City is now picking in three picks. So, New England is not. So, New England receives the 50th overall pick for the 54th overall pick is getting sent to the Chiefs and a fifth rounder is getting sent to the Chiefs as well. So, New England is trading up four spots. This is an interesting trade. I wonder who they wanted so badly that they needed to trade up for. I mean, they've got the teams in front of them would have been Kansas City would be picking right now. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Indianapolis. Maybe they thought that one of those teams was going to go get Nicobe Dean, and they were like, all right, we want to go get him, so we're going to trade right now. So it'll be interesting to see. The pick is in. We're just waiting for the announcement to come up onto the TV screen. They did lose J.C. Jackson and Chase Winovich. Chase Winovich, a very good linebacker. They lost Shaq Mason. Ted Karras, center. So that's why they went offensive line in the first round. Now that offensive lineman they picked in the first round, total Bill Belichick move. They lost Kyle Van Noy, linebacker again. I think they're going to go with N'Kobe Dean, and Bill Belichick just stole him. Yeah, I agree too. I do not know why he's falling down the draft board. Is there something off the field that New England is worried about? Or not New England, but the whole entire league really, that is kind of just... Um, staying away from Dean, do they go wide receiver? Now, another Belichick move would be Sky Moore out of Western or Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. Uh, you know, you see these guys that are available um, at wideout, and there still are some solid ones. You've seen Wando Robinson go at wide receiver. Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. I mean, New England's not afraid of drafting um, small school players. Kyle Duggar was a FCS guy a couple years ago. They drafted him in the second round. Um, now a very good safety for them. Here's a selection. Today is World Wish Day, the anniversary of the wish that inspired the creation of Make-A-Wish. Joining me today to announce the New England Patriots second-round pick is Ben Lepper. Let him know, boy. Ben told Make-A-Wish his wish was to be able to announce this, the draft pick for his hometown team, the Patriots, six times. After battering over covering Lakinia, I know this is going to be a piece of cake. I want to thank the NFL Robert Kraft for making Ben's wish come true. Okay, Ben, let's make your wish come true. 
That's neat. The Kansas City Chiefs have traded the 50th pick to the New England Patriots. With the 50th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the six-time Super Bowl champion, <laughs> New England Patriots select Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver, Baylor. Holy man, this guy was a tenth of a second off uh, breaking the NFL record. Or no, it was a tenth of a second off on NFL Network, but the real time was a 4-2-8. This guy can absolutely fly. Now, not huge production at Baylor. Now, he did lead their team with 10 receiving touchdowns in 2022 and second most in the Big 12. This is just nuts to me. A great player when it comes to speed, but is this going to translate into production when he's playing for New England? I, I don't know about you, Bryce. This is just shocking to me. Shocking. Bill Belichick does it again. Oh, my God. I mean, I have, like, no doubt that this dude will somehow be an absolute star after he gets a couple years in with the New England Patriots. But, oh, my God. I was not expecting Tyquan Thornton. Ten contested catches in 2021. Tied for third in the Big 12, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, all Big 12 honorable mention players. So the Packers were looking at him at maybe even taking Tyquan Thornton later in the later today in round three, which is upcoming pretty quickly here. So the interview with Jordan McRae is coming up very shortly for those of you that are listening for the interview. 6-2, like we mentioned. Vertical leap of 36.5 inches. Twitchy, long athlete, and he has excellent speed. The Philadelphia Eagles pick is in. We are awaiting the announcement. Um, He has long arms, makes plays on the ball, but 14 games, 62 receptions, 948 yards, and 10 touchdowns. So an average of 15.3 yards a catch. Yeah, this is a Bill Belichick staple taking an un- underrated dude in the in the draft, that's for sure. And I like this pick too, in, in a way, right? You just went out and you got Devontae Parker in a trade from the Dolphins. And you still have Nikhil Harry on your team, who is a former first-round pick at Arizona State. And then you still have a guy on your squad like Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. How about Jacoby Myers, who was a great number one wide receiver for them, um, even though he's not a true number one guy. You get Tyquan Thornton now, then you got six wide receivers, and you can't play them all at once. So, definitely a Belichick move. They go Cole Strange in the first round, which was pretty strange to me. And you go Tyquan Thornton, which was pretty strange again. So, um, man, this is a Bill, Pellet, Bill Belichick um, selection here. That was the 50th overall pick they just got from the Kansas City Chiefs. Bryson mentioned that draft details. So, on the clock now, the Eagles... Bryson mentioned their pick was in wide receiver, cornerback, inside linebacker, center, and safety. Does a wide receiver go here by the name of Sky Moore? Is it not Tyquan Thornton, which we didn't even mention? We were talking wide receivers for um, the Patriots, but we thought N'Kobe Dean was going to be the guy all along. Do they go N'Kobe Dean? And now I think Philadelphia would dang near win this draft if they get N'Kobe Dean in the second round. I think he'll be a great wide receiver added. Or a great... Linebacker added, 
but for wide receivers, you're looking at George Pickens, who's still available. We keep saying these names over and over because we know that they are the best at their position. It just seems like some teams have different notes and uh, rankings on these players. Yeah, this draft is going in a weird direction here. You got a guy like Malik Willis, quarterback. He might not even get drafted tonight because if teams aren't willing to draft him in the second round, are they going to be willing to draft him in the third round? I don't know. Probably will hopefully for his sake get his name called tonight because he was a projected first round draft pick. But I believe that the Eagles pick is in and we're just awaiting the announcement. But... Man, their number one need is wide receiver. Then they got cornerback. Then inside linebacker. There's a pretty good inside linebacker sitting on the board right now. We've said his name enough. That Kobe Dean. The last five picks. Josh Paschal, defensive end out of Kentucky for the Detroit Lions at 46. The 47, Federian Mathis, defensive tackle out of Alabama. Safety, Jaquan Brisker for the Chicago Bears at pick number 48. Pick number 49, Alante Taylor, cornerback out of Tennessee for this New Orleans Saints. And then the New England Patriots at pick 50, pick Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver out of Baylor. Yeah, and the last two selections have been very, very um, head-scratching picks from the Saints and the Patriots. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints did that under Sean Payton, but they got a new coach named Dennis Allen. So that one was a little interesting. With Elante Taylor, the or at least on ESPN, the 15th best uh, player at his position. He was pretty low on my uh, big board. So here is the pick for the Eagles. They're one of the best running teams in the NFL. Do they go offensive line here, or do they go defense? The Kobe Dean, are we going to hear your name called here? NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Cam Jurgens, center, Nebraska. I actually just had Cam Jurgens' uh, player profile up here for the Eagles. So this is a position of need. We mentioned center. Um, a player that has played quite a while at Nebraska, a veteran-like um, presence there, and the second-best center here in the NFL draft the, the Ravens got Linderbaum, and now in the second round, the Eagles go with Jurgens. Yeah, Nebraska, a very well-respected offensive lineman school. Um, and then, obviously, the Big Ten, great offensive lineman conference, so you know you're getting one that you know faces really good pass rushes. I mean, he is a state champion track and field athlete in high school, so this dude is an athletic freak. He started all 12 games at center in 2021. The Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock. Their pick is in already. But back to the center that was just picked out of Nebraska. He's springy, loose, twitched-up mover. Amazing athlete. And he maximizes his power by generating, by generating a lot of force from the ground. And he runs like a deer to track down on targets, you know, on the second, third level of the defense. So now Chase Claypool's in here to announce the Pittsburgh Steelers selection. Are we going to hear Nicobe Dean? We're going to keep saying this until he's selected. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. What to do, baby? Is that, is that the Browns? It's my honor to welcome the 52nd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. 
the Pittsburgh Steelers select George Pickens, Georgia. Welcome to the family. Well, there is Chase Claypool's new teammate, George Pickens. I love this pick. Um, my uncle Josh, he kept sending into our group chat, me and Bryson's. He was uh, he started to get to the point where he might have been his favorite wide receiver in this year's draft class. Very physical, good size, 6'3", ran a 4'4", Coming off a torn ACL, look at his strong hands. He can go up and make a play. And, you know, this past year he was not going to completely uh, blow you away with stats because he only played in four games um, and a willing blocker one of the best when it came to that I tell you what one of the best clips was when he played Michigan your Michigan Wolverines in the college football playoffs and he looked down a cornerback and he said bring it on and the dude ended up coming toward him he put him right on his butt so this guy you're gonna get um, the run blocking ability out of him he's not afraid to get dirty and um, help his team out any way he possibly can and it also gives you a new wide receiver uh, to pair up with Claypool, Deontay Johnson after you lose Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, I was just going to say, they just lost Juju Smith-Schuster. This is going to help out this newly added quarterback that they just drafted, Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. Um, you know, the best thing for a quarterback is a young wide receiver. So here we go. The Colts are on the clock. Their selection is right now. from Boston College, Anthony Costanzo. With the 53rd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Alec Pierce, wide receiver from Cincinnati. So the Wideos are falling off the board here in another team, this time the one that made it to the college uh, football playoffs as well. Um, Alec Pierce, another guy Bryson talked about in our um, most underrated gems and like late-round selection. You look at pick number 53 here in the draft. It's getting later in the second round, and wide receivers are starting to fly off the board. So this one is kind of expected. Um a very solid player, second team all AAC selection in 2021. And you look at what they go here. You know, they lost T.Y. Hilton. They lost Zach Pascal. You needed a receiver, so this makes sense. 884 yards, eight touchdowns in 2021, which led the team for Cincinnati. Yeah, I said that this guy might be a sneaky pick come day two or three. And he was just picked by the Indianapolis Colts. Great wide receiver pick here. You know, it's a little bit of a reach, but it's a great reach to take because you want to get Matt Ryan some weapons to pair up with some of those wide receivers from Indianapolis. So we got Jonathan Taylor, we got an offensive line, now we got Alec Pierce, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. Some of his strengths uh, include his very good height, obviously, for the position, and length, especially as an outside receiver, you're going to have a true outside receiver to go alongside Michael Pittman, which is going to be one of the best young receivers in the NFL today. He's a legit weapon in the red zone. You can go up to him. He's a great catching range, and consistency is off the charts when it comes to high point in the football, um, the way he adjusts to back shoulder throws, and he can also play a little bit in the slot. And for his size, remember, he runs a 4'4", 140 at 211 pounds and almost being 6'4". That is just great numbers right there, and I think the Colts are going to find the best way to use him in their offense. Um, good hands, above-average route runner. I can go on for days about Alec Pierce. It's just for a team like Desmond Ritter and to throw him a, throw him the football, they didn't really do that that often. You know, only 52 catches, 884 yards, like I mentioned. So good pick by the Colts. Definitely a position of need. Yeah, and now Kansas City is on the clock where New England would have picked. And I am almost certain that Taekwon Thornton 
right? That's the wide receiver's name. He would have been there at pick 54 had the Patriots not traded up. Now, the Chiefs coming off a season in which they lost in the AFC Championship game to the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, four straight years they've hosted the AFC Championship game. Now, do they go to Kobe Dean? We're going to say it every draft pick. This would make sense for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Bryson, what if this dude falls third round? I, I know Green Bay already took an inside linebacker, but are you thinking maybe this guy gets into the third round? I mean, Green that's the only Green Bay selection now. They trade their other second-round pick. Do they go with the Kobe Dean? I, this is He's the best overall uh, player available, and he has been since the start of the second round. Uh, you know, we're multiple picks in now. Running back is a position of need. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been very inconsistent. Is it going to be James Cook? How about Isaiah Spiller? He's one of my favorite running backs in this year's draft class. He's a true guy to get 20 to 25 carries a game, and he is going to do it week in, week out. He's always going to play um, consistent workload-type player, instinctive when he um, reads his blockers. Um, you look at Brian Robinson out of Alabama. Another player that could be taken here uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. But they might go safe. Wide receivers are a position of need. They have not gone that because they just traded back, you know, for New England there. Tyquan Thornton was taken. Cam Jurgens out of Nebraska. George Pickens out of the Steelers. Or out of Georgia, he gets picked to the Steelers. And then Colts take Alec Pierce out of um, Cincinnati. So Andy Reid picks in. They are going... To try to find a replacement here, if I had a guess, for Tyreek Hill. I'm going to have to disagree with you. They're going to have to find a defensive presence. And the best player available, and has been for the entire second round, is sitting there waiting to be picked. Will he be picked with pick 54, which is way later than what we expected him to? Yeah, he may go here because that would be – Andy Reid might take a shot here. I thought George Pickens was this guy out of Georgia, but it might be um, the other Georgia Bulldog, which you just mentioned, Kobe Dean. I mean, we just keep saying it. This is shocking to me that Dean has fallen this far. It has to be because of his size. I just cannot think of anything else. Yeah, it has to be. He is a little undersized. He's only 5'11", 229 at the inside linebacker position. So, yeah, I – that's got to be the only reason he's falling. All right, here comes Tony Gonzalez for the pick. Tony Gonzalez making the choice. From the University of California, Berkeley, Tony Gonzalez. Kansas City! I think you guys been drinking, huh? You having a good time? Viva Las Vegas! <laughs> Hope you guys been winning, huh? Speaking of winning, with the 54th pick, in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Sky with two Y's. More! Sky more wide receiver. Western so there you go, Bryson. They get their replacement for um, Tyreek Hill. Sky Moore out of Western Michigan, our guest uh, later on today. Former Western Michigan Bronco basketball player. You're going to have to keep listening to hear that. But Sky Moore, great inside-out routes and was the best wide receiver for K.J. Ellaby in that offense for the Broncos, you look at his sudden routes, the way he can sit down and make a move, really fluid with the hips, and he, he's a vertical separation type player. Some players can just run vertical, but they might not be able to create separation because they are, maybe are better at going up and getting football. This is where um, his speed goes into play. 
not the tallest wide receiver, about six foot, but he can go up and make the contested catches for his size. Yeah, for sure. He's got 1,200 receiving yards, 10 touchdowns in 2021. The Arizona Cardinals pick is in. That's going to be a fun pick to listen to because I don't know who they're going to go with. They just got Hollywood Brown to get that offense more stacked with DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. Now, Sky Moore, great pick. Antonio Brown-like player, 5'9", 195. Wingspan, six foot one. So he ran a 4'4", 140. Um, his vertical is 34 and a half inches, and he consistently plays with good balance and body control. But here we go. The Arizona Cardinals are now selecting. Northern University, Aeneas Williams. What's up? Let's go. The Arizona Cardinals with the 55th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. The Arizona Cardinals select Trey McBride. Tight end, Colorado State. Let's go! So, yes, the best tight end goes off the board, Bryson, but they have Zach Ertz, which they just signed to a, a big deal there at tight end. They still have Max Williams coming back um, after a torn ACL. So you got a guy comes in, and they play in a very vertical-type offense that has a empty set where they just let him aerate it a little bit out there in Arizona with Kyler Murray. So what do you think of this pick? No, it's always good to have depth at the tight end position. You never know when tight, uh, injuries are going to happen, and there's a lot of times where you can come out in a multiple tight end set. But he is a very good route runner, and he does track the ball very well. I'm a little worried about the you know, competition he played in. Going to Colorado State, not the best competition. He has very strong hands, though. Body size, perfect for the tight end position. And he just plays through contact, and he's just a good overall athlete. Yeah, and you mentioned his hands is a very reliable player, and his blocking is very polished, and he showcased that in the Reese's Senior Bowl. Uh, I think that's one of his very underrated games. He can pick up blitzes, and um, the players that are much faster than him, such as defensive backs, he can latch onto them and uh, try not to get them to wiggle free to make a play on the football. But for a tight end, uh, very good routes, and then he is very physical after making that catch. So, the best tight end in college football, who had 1,100 yards this year, 90 catches. Only one touchdown, though, for Trey McBride. Uh, this was kind of surprising, especially for a player that's 6'4", that would, you would think would have red zone opportunities. Brent, Bryson, you mentioned the competition here. That could also come into play for the for the touchdowns. Yeah, it could, and who knows if he was playing the entire game of every game um, this season. But the Dallas Cowboys are next on the clock. Their pick is in. Jerry Jones is talking to the phone on somebody sitting next to Mike McCarthy. They picked Tyler Smith out of Tulsa in the first round. That was a questionable pick. Yeah, I don't know if you're watching the NFL Network one, but they mentioned that he was a uh, bull-legged, and they actually ended up breaking his legs. And one of his one of his things was usually to do always positives. It, they gave him two positives, and then the third one was too many penalties. So not only do you have a guy that broke his leg, but then a guy that commits too many penalties. So, yeah, we'll see if they bounce back here. Yeah, Mel Kuyper was not happy with that pick. Goodell is now making their selection. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select 
Sam Williams, defensive end, Ole Miss. Sam Williams, 12 and a half sacks though this past year for Ole Miss, but not the best available defensive end. He blazed in the 40-yard dash of 4-4-6, about, uh, he was 261, pretty athletic, good production obviously, like I mentioned, and that was according to next-gen stats, he's about in 78 overall. What do you think, Bryce? I mean, you, you did lose Randy Gregory this year in free agency, so you do uh, replace him right there. Yeah, I mean... Sam Williams is not a guy that I was looking for them to pick right here, uh, but I want to go off on a different tangent here. Roger Goodell does not deserve those boos. I don't know why. I it's probably just a tradition at this point. You gotta you gotta boo the commish. But Goodell, great dude. Anyways, back to Sam Williams, defensive end out of Ole Miss. Like we said, thirty-two and a half inch vertical, so he's pretty athletic. He's a thick build. You know, has some flexibility to play from, you know, tight alignments. He's got very nimble feet, pretty athletic. We keep saying that. And he has some pretty above average length. So, I, yeah, you, you lose Randy Gregory. So, you know, that's a, a good filler, I guess. Uh, good vision in the run game when defending the run game. So, yeah, I mean, that's a decent pick for the Cowboys, I think. I, not the guy I would have thought they would have picked, but I don't know who else they would have picked in that position. So the Buccaneers are now on the clock. Um, they went recently defensive end. So now they have a choice from um, maybe an offensive guard. How about a defensive tackle? Did they go Travis Jones here? Did they go tight end? How about running back? I mean, they have a lot of different choices here and uh, decisions to make in that front office. And a part of that new front office, Bryson, is Bruce Arians. So where do you think he will head? Wait up. It was a trade, unless they they must have just traded up, actually. Who was originally on the clock, Bryce? I don't know. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers traded into pick 57 with Buffalo. They traded with Buffalo. The pick is in for Tampa Bay already. They have pick 57 now. I'm waiting for the trade details to come up. Yeah, I do remember who they picked there with the first um, first one in the second round, it was Logan Hall, who was supposed to go, I mean, right where we're at right now, but still, it was a surpriser to start things off. I thought N'Kobe Dean would be the first player picked um, in the draft. And maybe that's what they trade up, Bryson. Are we going to finally get a N'Kobe Dean uh, selection here? I- I'm waiting for it. I'm hoping he gets it soon because this dude is definitely first-round uh, caliber. Yeah, I don't know. You could see a guy like the Jones dude out of UConn getting picked here as well. Um, they do need offensive linemen. Um, you could see a guy like Sean Ryan get picked here. We've mentioned his name a couple times now. You need to give Tom Brady some time back there in the pocket. He's slower than molasses, so you need to give him some, some time back there. Maybe a guy like Jamari Salier out of Georgia um, might get picked here as well. But, yeah, this is an interesting Trade up with the Buffalo Bills. Like we said, we're waiting for the uh, you know details to pop up. Yeah, we just seen Trey McBride go off the board, and maybe they think we got to trade up here because maybe there's be tight ends flying around like crazy. So they go Greg Dulcich out of um, UCLA. How about Jeremy Ruckert or the big boy out of Virginia, Jelani Woods, who's six seven, um, insane build there, on two hundred fifty three pounds and can run for his size. So we're going to have to see here, do they help out Tom Brady? Do they try to find a replacement when they lost Antonio Brown, or do they stick with a guy like Scotty Miller as that wide receiver three? We're going to have to see, because I think Cleo Shakir is still on the board. Uh, 
There's still our Jalen Tolbert, which I mentioned before. George Pickens just fell. How about David Bell out of Purdue? Calvin Austin the third out of Memphis. We can go on and on here about who we think may be selected. This might be a quarterback. Malik Willis gets picked, gets to spend one year behind Tom Brady. This might be Malik Willis. There's only been one quarterback selected so far in this draft. Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis. This might be a quarterback. Here we go. Here's the selection. And WWE Global Ambassador Titus O'Neil. I'm going to the What's up, Vegas? Very happy to be there because today is my birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills have traded the 57th pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And with that 57th pick, in a 2022 NFL draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select tackle Central Michigan Luke Godecki. So Luke Godecki wasn't even the best Central Michigan tackle um, it was actually Bernard Raymond who we had projected higher. This is not a bad pick, though. This is the uh, third best tackle available here entering day two. Um, both guys in the same team. He did not play for great competition, though. There's Bruce Arians who's now in the front office. Todd Bowles is loving the pick. This is interesting, man. They go tackle. Trade up in front of Atlanta, Minnesota, teams that look like they need a quarterback. Me and Bryson sat here and talked while that pick was going on. Man. They just, they just traded in front of Atlanta who needs a quarterback. Now, Luke Gidiecki, whatever the heck his name is, um, he ended up allowing zero sacks in about 500 snaps, which if you do play a full season, you're going to finish with around um, 800 to 1,000 snaps. So you can tell he um, was not either playing in a lot of games or he was injured, something along those lines. Yeah, he has a 94 per, uh, run block grade uh, from Pro Football Focus. Um, pass block grade though, 77.8. Fourth in the MAC. Did not play in 2020 because of a knee injury. Yeah, I. Yeah, like you said, he's not even the best offensive lineman from Central Michigan. That's, that's an interesting pick. He's 6'5. Did not participate in basically any agility things, but he is a good contact and balance blocker and has very good body control. Yeah, he's. Uh, controlled, like you mentioned, has a firm, flat um, back and anchor for uh, stopping the power and uh, bull rushes on the opposing side of the defenses. Um, he can do multiple things with his you know, He's very good with his hands. Uh, he can replace and latch on to rushers uh, very quickly. Tight elbows, make contact with pop to create lift and win initial leverage battles. And he excels when closing the elevator doors to say, or double teams to cover up the defensive tackle when they're trying to square up and lock hips and deliver a quick jolt to these defenders. Um, and you see his 2021 stats. He only made 10 starts at the right tackle position. First team all-max selection. Um, he actually began his college career at the University of Wisconsin-Stephen Point as a tight end before transferring to Central Michigan to be an off the tackle. So this is the pick that, uh, well, a couple years ago, <laughs> Super Bowl champs just selected. This is a uh, interesting one here. I'd have to say. So here is the selection for Atlanta. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select 
Troy Anderson, linebacker, Montana State. So now, in a world that you would tell me Troy Anderson though would go before Nicobe Dean, it's a surprising thing. I love Troy Anderson though, Bryson. I think this dude is an absolute beast. Former quarterback, former running back, and when he shows up, it's when he blitzes. You see the speed, and he's not afraid to be physical. We mentioned him in our last podcast. Look at the lateral quickness on this dude. We're watching these highlights um, when he played at Montana State. Here's against your boys, South Dakota State. Look at him reading, reacting on a tight end screen. Um, very good vision there, and he knows the game very well. He's played multiple positions, and he's got the IQ of the game of football all down. So I, I like this pick. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, he's a very versatile player. Uh, 2018, he was a first-team All-Big Sky selection at quarterback. So, very skilled. I mean, <laughs> hey, is this Atlanta's next quarterback? Troy Anderson, Atlanta's next quarterback. No, seriously, 147 tackles, 14 for loss, and 7 pass breakups in 2021. I think he had 2 interceptions last year as well. 67 defensive stops in 2021. I mean, wow. This is a great pick, but like you said, before Nakobe Dean, that's a whew. And the Minnesota a, Vikings are their pick is in, still waiting on it. For a former quarterback to go for to go before a player that has played linebacker, I'm sure his entire career, especially in college, this shocks me. This, I, I wouldn't if you told me this before the uh, day two of the NFL draft began, I, I would think you're kidding. So. I mean, I'm kind of speechless here uh, for Nicobe Dean. Does Minnesota go to Kobe Dean here? Here's their selection. Wrestling and Minnesota Vikings fan, Gable Stevenson. Minnesota, what's up? It's an honor to be here, to be honest. It feels like I'm living in a dream. With the 59th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Ed Ingram, guard from LSU. So, Ed Ingram, guard of LSU, definitely played um, great competition when, but you know they didn't have that good of a season. So, uh, definitely one of their brighter spots. Two sacks allowed in 2021, 466 pass blocking snaps. Uh, the overall is a 73 for the next gen stats. They definitely get a position. I mean, I told Bryce right before that pick, I ended up pointing to the screen. And I said, guard. They're going to go guard here. I thought they'd maybe go Sean Ryan out of UCLA, but they go Ed Ingram instead, who was a second-team all-SEC selection um, last season. So Minnesota, Bryson, I don't know about you, but they've made some good selections here. They have gone, um, they traded back, getting some draft picks, and then they've gone some position of needs. Lewis Seen, safety for Georgia. And then they went cornerback Andrew Booth, and now Ed Ingram, which was a need at guard, showed up that offensive line. He's, he's going to have to go against Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, two times a year. So yeah, I like this pick for Minnesota. Not the best overall guard, but they, you know, they they fill a spot that is definitely needed. Yeah, for sure. And now Buffalo is on the clock here with pick number sixty in this draft. We are almost to round three which means we are only halfway through this thing. This is amazing. Who doesn't love draft day? I think Buffalo is going to go running back here. Look for Pierre Strong Jr. out of South Dakota State. I've got a weird feeling about this. I mean, Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M maybe. James Cook out of Georgia. It, Yeah, it... They can go a lot of different running backs here, and running backs are the most replaceable position in the league. So they might just go with a different position need, which would be 
wide receiver, or guard. Offensive line. So Sean Ryan out of UCLA might be a good pick here. Yeah, and I'm looking at Bernard Raymond, who has been sitting there, and uh, he actually ended up falling past his teammate that, like Bryson mentioned, not even the best on his uh, on their football team this past year for the Chippewas. Um, the top prospects available that you'd probably would see Nicobe Dean, Malik Willis, Travis Jones, Kristen Harris, Matt Corral, Bernard Raymond, uh, Nick Benito, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, and then Chad Muma out of Wyoming, linebacker. So, if you were to look at this draft board, Bryson, um, and the prospects that are available, and you would see uh, Jacoby Dean, how about a guy like Malik Willis? Do you think they'd, like, is that a world that you would even think of? That those two guys were um, still available. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals trade up, obviously not for a quarterback, maybe for a linebacker. I mean, maybe, maybe Nicobe Dean is finally getting picked. I don't know, though. The Bills just traded to Cincinnati. The Bills are on the move a lot in this draft. Them and Minnesota are moving around a bunch. I feel like, has Buffalo only picked one time so far this draft so far? Okay. Cincinnati with their first round selection uh, selected Michigan safety Daxton Hill, which is a great pick, waited. And he fell right into their lap. So we're looking at their team needs here. Cornerback, linebacker, offensive line. They filled some holes on the offensive line. I think that this pick might finally be N'Kobe Dean. N'Kobe Dean might fall to the third round, Brent. This guy. Now last year there was a man named uh, Dylan Moses of Alabama. And he was supposed to go in the second or third round. He ended up falling to the seventh round. He was one of the better um, linebackers for the Crimson Tide. This is kind of a similar situation, except that Kobe Dean was supposed to be a top 15 selection. He was a top 20 prospect in this draft. This is, I mean, this is nuts. He was a top 10 prospect in this draft. He was supposed to be the best linebacker in the draft. His position rank is 1. Overall rank 19th. So the fact that he's still sitting there at 60 just amazes me. Now, if they go with a guy like Leo Chanel before they go to Kobe Dean here, that would make things, if that happens, I don't know if Kobe Dean's name will get called tonight. Now, you look at the size difference there. Chanel is 6'3", 250. That's a big boy that can move. Um, he's a little stiff at times, and that's one of the question marks for NFL teams for him, you know, whether he can be more fluid and... Uh, his speed is decent. It's just reading, reacting, and stuff like that. That's a little question mark. But that is a Big Ten linebacker of the year we're talking about. And the Kobe Dean, one of the best linebackers in the country last year. And I thought about last night when Green Bay picked Quay Walker. He's an inside linebacker. And he was the second best linebacker on his team, at least statistically he was. And I was hoping they'd go to Kobe Dean out of Georgia. Instead, they went the other way, and they got the number two linebacker on the football team. So this has been interesting for N'Kobe Dean. There's definitely something that has um, been a red flag that has been sending him down these draft boards. Yeah, there's got to be something going on behind the scenes here. That's, I mean, he was a green room member. Like, he sat in the green room yesterday. It's very rare that you see people in the green room still in there at the night's end in day one, and he might be there after tonight. Now, if you're still a team and, and you understand that a guy is falling, 
if you have a prospect grade, like what's the difference between these scouts that see him on NFL Network that have done this before? They have been in the scouting room, and they rank him as their 19th best overall player, but you got 32 NFL teams that have scouts, and they have these guys falling, so I, I do not get this, Bryson. I mean, this guy is viewed as one of the best players in this year's draft class, and he's somehow going to fall into the third round. Yeah, so uh, the Cincinnati Bengals get the 60th overall pick, and the Buffalo Bills will get the 63rd overall pick and a fifth-round pick, I believe. So Buffalo just trading back three spots. I wonder who Cincinnati wanted so bad to trade up three spots. Maybe it is actually Nicole Dean. Maybe. Just maybe. Who knows? They've been on the clock a while here. The pick is in. Or the pick is in, I meant to say. But they've been uh, sitting with this pick for a while. The selection has not been made until now, as I speak. Come on out. And make this So defensive backs a very neat spot for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this is a team that's made the NFC Championship game in two of the last three seasons. So this is a good team with a good, really good head coach. Brees Hall is still being interviewed. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, this was... All of a sudden, I, I point <laughs> to the screen because I see Brees Hall's uh, face on the Jumbotron-type um, TV, huge TV screen or flat screen um, there in the... Las Vegas. I don't even know where we're at right now uh, when watching this. But <laughs> this was like two hours ago when he got drafted. What in the? I don't even know what happened there. All of a sudden, Breesaw is getting interviewed. He's walking out. So, um, we're still I, waiting on the Niners pick here. Player comparison for Breesaw. They're now comparing him to Sean McCoy. <laughs> so I mean, th- this pick was thirty some selections ago. It, it, all right. I I do want to know where they go here in the 49ers direction though. Uh, I do not think if we ever get to the pick, maybe Sean Ryan Bryson. I mean, we we've been mentioning a lot of names. Um, I, I don't even know. You know, it's tough picking these second round and third round. So hopefully, you guys don't absolutely uh, flame us for saying the same guys. But we just think those guys are better than the rest of the prospects that are being taken. And we just been kind of caught by surprise a little bit with these lower end guys that are maybe tenth best on the on their position rankings instead of guys that are like maybe Travis Jones, right? He's still available. You got Sean Ryan, who's still available, the fourth best at his position. And you got guys that are taking like Ed Ingram, the guard, a couple picks ago. So we're going to have to see here. Uh, Michael Carter, who is the current running back of the Jets, he was selected last year. They now bring in Brees Hall to be a uh, number two guy to him. There's a one-two combo, maybe like a – Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon type, um, one, two. Here's the pick. Here we go. Eric Armstead. With the 61st pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Drake Jackson, linebacker, USC. There you go. Good pick there for the Niners. This guy, he was supposed to go right around this area, and he probably would have fell in front of some of the selections um, that were made early on this round. So I do like this pick. Bryson, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is a good pick. Athleticism grade 82 and overall grade 75 from next-gen stats. So edge rusher for the San Francisco 49ers, three-time second-team all-pack 12 selection. He's very flexible, 
Needs a little bit of strength, though. Little, little undersized for the position. So we will have to see if he can get, you know, he does have a very good first step. He's very athletic. Wins the corner, sets the corner very, very quickly. And he has flashes of very good flexibility. And he has very good agility as well. Yeah, good upper body strength. Um, he had five sacks this past year, which is not a huge number. But an 87.7 pro football focus pass rush rate, which is um, very good. Um, and a South Carolina guy, or USC guy, Southern California, I should say. And uh, eight tackles for loss, one forced fumble. The picks are starting to crank out here, though, because Brees Hall came in and they had to delay the draft. So now here they go. Chiefs selection here. In the 2020 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Brian Cook, DB, out of Cincinnati. So, Brian Cook goes off the board here. Not not a bad uh, selection because it's a position of need uh, for safety. I don't know. Brian Cook um, is now the newest member. They did lose Tyron Matthew, Daniel Sorison. Um, I I don't know where you would rank Brian Cook on your the <laughs> rankings, but this this draft is kind of nuts a little bit if I had to say first team All AAC selection in 2021. Um, so a very respected player, 93 tackles, two interceptions in 2021 as well. Yeah, nine pass breakups. Hmm. Wow, this is an interesting pick here. Um, forced seven incompletions in 2021. So, hmm. I don't really understand where they're going with this because I'm pretty sure they already picked a lot of defensive backs in this draft. I'm pretty sure they picked pretty much only defensive backs. Um, they traded with the New England Patriots, and the Patriots took a wide receiver, but 206 pounds, smart player, has a lot of awareness and vision. I mean, I just saw the grade that the next gen stats put up there for this guy. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Is he even in the top 200 of your. 68. Okay. Well, 68 out of. Now, remember, it was lower. I've been erasing players as this draft goes on. So he's the 68th best player available as of right now. So, Chiefs, I don't know if they really reached a. A player that has played in some good, uh, at least the last couple games of his college career, um, good competition, which is, to me, for me and Bryson at least, it's huge. He fills the run um, in the holes very well when it comes to that type of support. Um, He fills it quickly with angles, shows the patience to allow um, plays to develop. He doesn't really lunge and miss tackles. That is one thing you're going to get out of him. He can tackle like a linebacker. Uh, We mentioned the two interceptions that he had and the 96 tackles. You know, you had Daniel Sorensen as your other, or your other safety, so that's definitely an upgrade. Tyron Matthew, though, not so much. You did sign Justin Reed out of the Texans uh, to a three-year deal, so you got a safety for the future there. You're going to pair these two up, and they could force um, some quarterbacks to make some bad decisions maybe. Had some interceptions come in Brian Cook's way, but me and Bryson did not think that was going to be the selection here, or the I mean, maybe not the direction they'd go, but definitely not the selection. No, I mean, yeah, I don't even know if they were going to go into that. I mean, I don't know if you already went through the stats, but 14 games, 96 tackles, 
five for loss, one sack, and two picks. Nine pass breakups. I mean, I guess if you're looking for a defensive back, that's the guy you probably wanted to pick in that situation. They're falling off the board pretty heavily. But there wasn't much left in defensive backs at the time. I think they could have went in a different position. It's not like their linebackers are that good. And there's got to be a reason that Nicobe Dean is falling this far. Something behind the scenes is happening where he is just falling. Nobody wants to take him. It's gotten to the point where to every pick that comes up, I'm actually not even saying it anymore because I, I feel like he's going to free fall for quite a bit here. I mean, yeah, I, this is amazing. A top 15 draft pick projected. He's still sitting there at pick 63. The Buffalo Bills are up right now. So their pick is in. We're just awaiting the announcement. Yeah, and you mentioned that. I'm going to go over the last couple picks here that have been um, that have taken place. We have not done this in quite a bit. I think we left off on Sky Moore, Western Michigan of the Chiefs. Uh, that was a good selection for them. They, I like Sky Moore, underrated receiver. Uh, Trey McBride went to the Cardinals. A questionable decision there, especially with a two tight end set and Zach Ertz, Max Williams in that tight end room. Sam Williams out of Ole Miss. A lot better um, stats than I thought. Now, was he the best pass rusher outside linebacker available uh, for the Cowboys? I think they could have gotten a diff- went in a different direction as well. Um, now, Luke Yedicke was the next pick for the Buccaneers. That was a questionable pick um, off the tackle of Central Michigan. Here is a selection, though, for Buffalo as... They have many needs, including wide receiver, running back, offensive guard, and offensive tackle. I'm going to go on a limb here, Bryson. Calvin Austin the third to Buffalo. Hey, look, check this out. It's only one football team in New York State, and that's the Buffalo Bills. With that being said, Bills Mafia has chosen James Cook from Georgia. There goes a running back, James Cook, the brother of Delvin Cook. I I, I love this selection here. James Cook um, was never a starter during his career with the Bulldogs, ran a 4-4-2-40. Um, great receiver out of the backfield. And he has very little similarities, though, to his brother. He's not a total bell cow to take 20 to 30 uh, carries a game, but he does make a difference on opposing defenses. Over 1,000 scrimmage yards, 11 touchdowns in 2021, a career high you will see a lot of him on third down snaps, big play abilities, stuff like that for James Cook. And a guy who had 728 yards rushing alone on the ground and seven touchdowns. He's going to make you miss an open field as well. So now with the final pick in the round here, we have the Denver Broncos. They're going to select Nick Bonetto out of Oklahoma. Solid defensive end was going to be a first-round selection if he would have entered after the 2020 season, the COVID year, ends up waiting it out, and he tried to build on that season where he did not have the most productive year. He actually had a 95 um, PFF quarterback pressure score, which is uh, pretty high, and it was the best during the 2021 or 2020 season, and that is where you see the production. Pretty good when he's QB spy, he read and reacts, um, gets to the quarterback. Also, top-notch effort, and you're going to see that on a daily basis for Denver. They fill a huge hole after 
losing Von Miller middle of last year, and they need somebody opposite of Bradley Chubb. This is a great position, Phil, and a great pick for Denver here pretty much into round three. Yeah, I completely agree with your statements there. That is a great, great draft pick there. So now to close things out here, because this has taken a while. This has taken a couple hours, and for the people that have been listening, we thank you, uh, but we are going to catch you guys later next week sometime. Hopefully to have some guests on, um, and that will do it for our draft spectacular.